homeboy? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yeah. All righty, sir. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. They showed that video the other day. I, I never seen the video before. I, I knew it was out there, but I never saw it. I, yeah, I didn't know it was one either. I'll show it to you. I almost had a heart attack. That he put like on Instagram or nah, Twitter or something like that. He did it on first take live. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I'll take it. I just saw it for the first time the other day. Yes, sir. It's reduced lunch sports. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everyone. All right, this is episode 37 of the Sports Desk. And I'm your man, one more time, Desert L. Hicks Jr. in the building, one of your favorite sportsologists. And it's your man, Black, one of your favorite sportsologists in the building, ready to rock and roll for another episode. You sure about that, Black? Yeah, you, right? you hanging in there? Yeah, man, I'm in there today, man. Just a little tired, but we're going to get this thing rocking and rolling like we always do, my boy. <laughs> yes, sir. 10 4, 10 4. So, again, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. All right, hope everybody's having a great Start to their new year. Got a lot to get into today. Uh, a lot on the docket, as we like to say here. Uh, of course, we're going to get into NFL playoff football. We're going to talk about the NBA. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the national championship game, the college football playoff, Clemson and LSU. Going to cover some WWE, get into our top five, and and a lot more. So we got a lot to cover today, so we're just going to jump right into it. So, Black, um, a top five segment has been picking up a lot of steam, man. Been picking up a lot of steam, man. Some of our listeners, man, they they jumping in, they they giving their suggestions of what they want to hear from us uh, discussing our top five. And shout out to my boy Kevin Dunbar and my and my homeboy Brandon Richardson. You know, uh, they they kindly let us know that they were discussing um, their favorite wrestling entrances of all time. All right, but before we get to that, you know, shout out to those guys. We're gonna have a recap of last week's. Um, uh, top five, and we have some inputs from our listeners when we talked about our favorite uh, jerseys. But of course, first, Shout out to Stevie Ray and Booker T, dog. You know, we don't we don't never shout them out when we play this, man. So shout out to Booker T and Stevie Ray. All right, so let's get into our top five from last week. A recap of our top five jerseys of all time. We got my man PJ Durrell checking in with his top five jerseys. He said uh Carmelone's Utah Jazz away jersey, the purple one. Oh, uh, yeah, with that's the mountains nice on the top. Yeah, that's yeah. a dope one. He said the Minnesota Timberwolves City Edition jerseys. Now, I think those jerseys were dedicated to Prince because he was from Minnesota. Uh, they was like black, pink, and purple. So, 
He said that was one of his favorite. He said Keenan McCardell's Jaguar throwback teal jersey, number 87. Oh, wow. Is one of his favorite joints. At the Larry Johnson pinstripe, uh, Charlotte Hornets joint. I think you had that on yeah, your yeah, list, that's Black. That's what I had on mine, yeah. And then he said um, Shawn Michaels' entire wardrobe from WrestleMania 14. All right. If I recall, I think that's when he had the... I think the mirrors and all that on this joint yeah, when he the, lost the, the Stone Cold. No, he had on red. It was red. Oh, okay, and he had the okay. DX uh, on his that's tights. That's when he flew, out, flew from the rafters? No, this is when he fought one? Stone Cold. This is when okay. he fought Stone Cold. Okay, okay, uh, okay. WrestleMania 14. And then he said uh, Michael Jordan's classic red bull jersey. So swapping what you said with the white, okay. he's going with the red. All right, and then we got my man Charles Evans checking in. Uh, shout out Charles. He gave his top five jerseys. He said uh, the number 40 Sean Kemp jersey, the Supersonics jersey. Um, the black 23 uh, Michael Jordan jersey, definitely raw. Uh, the baby blue Montreal Expos jersey. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a raw dope as well. One. That's, that's a dope, dope That's a dope yeah. one. And he gave the Dominique Wilkins Atlanta Hawks throwback jersey. That's dope. And uh, he a big Iverson fan, so I ain't shocked by this. But the Allen Iverson jersey with the throwback red Sixers across it. So I'm guessing he mean the blue joint uh, with the Sixers going across it. And he That's said... Uh, I'm talking about what they wear now, correct? No, 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 no. The one Iverson wore, the like silky looking jerseys with the Sixers in cursive. Where Iverson was in the finals, they had the white, the black, and the blue ones. That's what okay. they had. You yeah, have to look that one up. Yeah, yeah, I got to look that one up. And his honorable mention was the Jamal Anderson Atlanta Falcons jersey. Similar to Dion's Falcons, but these were just black with red and white numbers with the Falcon on the side. Similar yeah. to Dion's. And he said, hey, tell Black, man, he looking, he, he's looking to get you out of the Red Sox nation, man, for that Derek G to pick uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the jersey, man. That's man. a classic, man. That's a classic, man. <laughs> yeah, so Charles wanted to uh, kind of let me holler at you about that one, so, Black. So uh, when we doing our top five, we get honorable mentions? Well, he did. He did. He gave okay. one. See, he gave one. Can we get an honorable mention? No. We, me five? and you can't. We can't have No, me and you mission, can't. Huh? No, it's just five. It's just five. We got strict rules, Black. Oh, okay. Me and you got strict right. rules, top five. Yes, All sir. Right, sir. It wouldn't be top five if we gave six. You're right. It ten wouldn't four. be. Ten wouldn't So be. make your hard decisions, my boy. You're right. Okay, so we're going to go right into this week's top five. Shout out to my boy Dunbar. Shout out to my boy Richie out there for giving the suggestion. Uh, the top five rest, our top five wrestling interests of all time, and before we get started, Black, I'm going to give Dunbar's. Dunbar gave his uh, top five interests of all time. And number five, he got D'Lo Brown. He got D'Lo Brown, the way D'Lo used to walk to the rain, yeah. swinging that head, like he was laced up on 10 ounces of cocaine before he had a wrestling match. Uh, number four he gave was Triple H. Number three was The Undertaker. Number two, he got Sting. Now, I don't know if it's the black and white Sting or was it the colorful Sting, but I'm going to guess he's going with the black and white Sting. And his number one all-time is Goldberg. His number one all-time is uh, Goldberg. Uh, yeah, interested can, in wrestling. I could see that. Yeah. I so could see that. That's a good top five, man. So, shout out to Dunbar for shooting his top five. So, Black, let's get into it, man. Who are your top five wrestling interests of all time? Yeah, man, we're just going to get into it real fast, man. I enjoyed this. This one hard for me because, you know, I'm a wrestling guy, so mm -hmm. I got so many memories. But at number five, I have the Legion of Doom. If no one knows okay. who that is, mm, what a rush. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what a rush. <laughs> I got Undertaker at number four. Mm. Undertaker at number four. I have Ric Flair at number three. Okay. The classic come out with the spin and the roll. Yep, that's, yep. that's a classic. At number two, I have D-Generation X. Okay. 
uh, their entrance and that number one, my all time favorite ring entrance is the ultimate warrior. Really? Yeah. Said what said said our homeboy said would really appreciate that because he said on Twitter it was just a disgrace that uh, the ultimate warrior's entrance isn't up there. So okay, cool, black your top five. All right, for me, uh, n- number five is Triple H. Uh, the energy in that in- entrance was amazing. You know, of course, the spitting out the water thing became mm-hmm. an epidemic. Everybody was doing it, you know, doing the water thing. Number four, due to the pop that Stone Cold would get, when that glass would shatter and the crowd would just erupt, I mean, you could feel the energy through the TV. You know, mm-hmm. he ain't had nothing special. He just had that glass shatter and him heading straight to the he ring. That, he that had business. that walk, though. He had that walk Handled when he that, came. I love it. Love it when Austin <laughs> came out. Number three, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels for okay. me. The glitz, the glamour. Uh, he, was the, he was the first one to really bring that to life, man, with the, with the pyro. I think he was one of the first ones they used pyro for. Uh, was Shawn Michaels, so he just was entertaining on his way to the ring. Number two, the macho man Randy Savage. I mean, the music, the gear, the road, Miss Elizabeth at his side. It was just so, so, so graceful. You mm-hmm. know, it was, it was, it was a movie seeing the macho man come down to the ring. And and I don't see how this is not everyone's number one. Number one is the Undertaker. I mean, when them lights hit, the smoke, the blue lights, the 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 the, the gaudy music. The slow ride to the ring. When he gets to the ring, he does his little thing and it pops and just just a mesmerizing entrance, dog. Like I've never heard anyone talk while the Undertaker was coming to the ring. Yeah, never heard anybody talk. Everybody was like paying attention as he got down there. So, hey, we appreciate Dunbar. We appreciate you, Richie. You know, so hitting us up on Twitter, letting us know you know what you guys was thinking, and we went ahead and went through with it, man. So the sports desk, we pay attention and we listen. To our listeners, okay? So, again, if you're hearing this top five, you want to give your feedback, uh, you want to let us know what you think, uh, you know, just shoot us up on Twitter. Hit us up on our uh, Instagram or our text thread, and we'll share it right here next week uh, on the Sports Desk episode 38. All right, so we're going to transition into our sound of the week. We're going to stick with the wrestling vibes, of course. I'm going to give The Rock a little break here. Uh, I found another one with Stone Cold Steve Austin, so we're going to let that play, and now we're going to get to the rest of the show. What? 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 Y2J is the undisputed champion? Y2J was declared the winner at Vengeance. Vince McMahon and Booker T screw Stone Cold. Vince and Booker T screw Stone Cold. I said. Vince McMahon and Booker T screw Stone Cold. After last night, I sat there and I thought about it and I said, Stone Cold, there's no use in sitting here crying, whining, pissing, moaning. So I asked myself, I said, Stone Cold, do you want Y2J? Or do you want Booker T? So while I was trying to make that decision, I drove over to the Sonic Drive-In, ordered a jalapeno burger, a chicken fried steak sandwich, a chili cheese dog with extra onions, french fries, tater tots, washed it down with one beer, two beers, Three beers, a shot of whiskey, 
a margarita, and a Bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? What? Booker T, you show up tonight with Vince McMahon, and you got your security guards. You got your guard dogs. You got your pepper spray. So you can sit up there in your stupid little skybox and you can watch Stone Cold Steve Austin kick the crap out of... Yeah, thank God we cut it off there because Stone Cold was about to get a little R-rated. So that was the rattlesnake. Uh, after Vengeance, when he was going, he, he was going for the first ever undisputed championship, and he lost to Chris Jericho due to the interfer interference from Booker T. Vince McMahon was just hell bent on Stone Cold not being the first ever undisputed champion. Booker T made that happen, and Chris Jericho ended up being the first ever undisputed champion. So you know what I'm gonna do, D? Yeah, I'm one of these weekends, or uh, maybe when I'm off, I'm a. I think I'm going to go on the binge and just watch the attitude, some of the attitude era, man. It won't just be a bad like, idea, sir. I, I got to get, get some of those memories back, man. I was sitting there thinking about doing, when we was doing our top five, I was, it was so many people that I could have put in there. I was thinking about the Godfather, yeah. the whole train, yeah. and everything, man. Yeah. Just thinking about some of the, some of the characters from the uh, attitude area, was, that was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's never a bad idea to freshen up on uh, the attitude era. Yeah, to, to, yeah. to get you back on. So, black man, uh, man, how can I say this? We're gonna go into our tweet of the week. The sports desk was criticized um, over this past week uh, by our fellow, some of our fellow uh, 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 comrades, um, and it was just one after another, you know. And usually, we give our tweet of the week and then we go right into the first topic but we're not going to do that this week we're going to read these tweets and uh we're going to get into uh the topic a little later on but i just wanted to let our listeners know that hey you know it's okay you know what i'm saying it, it's okay if you disagree uh, with what we are saying so so, now, yeah. so first of all we're going to start with cedric far all right cedric far says so the team of the decade, Florida State, just ended uh, with back-to-back -back losing seasons. Tell me your thoughts on this, fellas. He added me and he added Black uh, on the page as well. And then a couple of days later, uh, my man, uh, Mr. James Dangleman, got involved on it. And I'm going to go on a little run here. He goes, so you, so why y'all mentioning FSU? Uh, need to recap something tired of this nose pocket. I said, we're objective. He said, used to be. The more games y'all lose, y'all want to reminisce on old times when y'all were kind of good. Tell me about something relevant. I said, not true. That was on the Decade Show. We covered everything relevant. We remain, we remain to be objective. Now, shout out to my boy, James Dangman. Oh, one last one. I said, the Sun Bowl was very relevant, which Florida State played in. He said, the Cereal Bowl was very relevant. Please talk about how Uncle Luke has banned Florida State from recruiting in South Florida. So, Black, the sports that's being under attack. Shout out, Ye. And uh, you can go get that on iTunes uh, right now. So, now we're going to not dive right into it, but um, shout out to Sad, shout out to Dangleman. You know, I guess it kind of rubbed in the wrong way um, with our decade episode when we was giving, you know, Florida State all of the 
praise they deserve for their decade run, being that Florida State, you know, uh, was the only team to win a national championship out of the big three schools in the state of Florida. Um, so we're gonna we're not gonna dive right into. Uh, I look like Black want to get into it, but we're gonna wait until we get a little further down the line. We get to our college. For, you know what? Forget it. Let's just jump right into it. Let's just jump right into it. Black, what, what, do you, what do you think about the backlash of the sports desk, you know, with us covering the greatness of Florida State University throughout this past decade? Because I believe we are objective when it comes to the Florida Gators, when it comes to other colleges, Ohio State and Clemson. We give, we give teams their just due, uh, especially with us not being fans of the Gators, and and, and, and and we're going to get into the Tony the Tiger cereal bowl, but Black, you know, what do you think about those comments that I just that I just read off, sir? First of all, uh, I'm just going to say uh, this is the Reduced Lunch Action Sports This podcast. Uh, Dedrick Hicks Jr. and Ernest Lockwood, a.k.a. Black, <laughs> Um, we're Florida State guys. Sure. So if we choose to talk about Florida State, we will, for sure. one thing. Sure. Um, if anybody else had a podcast, if they were Florida fans, I'm pretty sure we'll hear about Florida all the time. Yeah, I'm sure those two guys would definitely yeah. talk Florida. So uh <laughs> I just want to say this to uh who is James Dangleman? Yes, sir, Mr. James Dangleman. Cedric Farr. Mr. Cedric Farr, absolutely. Um <laughs> I know that you kind of get beside yourself a little. I know you love talking about Florida State because we were the team of the decade in Florida. We were. Mm -hmm. Um, Got a national championship to show for it. Um, Seven and three record over Florida in the decade. Oh, okay, stats. Uh, Seven and three record over Miami in the decade. Okay, stats. Um, Stats. Heisman Trophy winner in the decade. Uh Uh-oh, more stats. Um. Oh, it just. I'm just gonna stop right there with it. It's, it's probably more, but it slips my mind because the list was so long. Yeah, funny you should uh, ask. One national championship, one Heisman winner, four AP top ten finishes, three ACC titles, a six and three bowl record, two Orange Bowl victories, a playoff appearance. I don't think any of these other two schools made the playoff either. Uh, and like Black said, seventy three against both Miami and uh Florida. And you want to know what's funny about that, D? Yes, sir. The seventy three record against Florida. Uh, the last two win two two wins came in 2018 and 2019 to end the decade. Wow! So, uh, <laughs> okay. you were pretty shitty. Oh, pretty shitty. Yo. in this decade. Uh, Yo, I'm just I, I you know when when this all started on Twitter, I just I just went and looked. I said you know what, let me go revisit a few things here because I'm tired of the bullshit about everybody's want to speak on my nose now that we're struggling. I understand, but let me tell you something. In the midst of our six wins, oh, it's so bad. Florida State ended the decade uh, with a losing record. But you want to know one thing? We never had two four and eight records in the decade. We never lost to Georgia Southern in the decade. Wasn't that at home? Who didn't throw one pass. Wasn't that at Gainesville? Yeah, that was at Gainesville. So, okay. This is our show. So, we want to talk about Florida State. We damn well can talk about them. Yeah, we, because we show love to everyone on the podcast. We even cover Florida when we really don't have to. We just show y'all some love because y'all y'all hot right now. Okay. It's cool. I understand. Y'all hot. We may not spend a lot of time there, but we do show y'all y'all love. No, I disagree. We we spend 
We spend time covering all things relevant. And we do. like you said, you know, we're fans of the Florida State University. And, and if you've been listening back to previous episodes, I've been the person on the top of the ship saying Florida State is trash. I've been the person saying get Willie T out of here before the season started. I've been the one waving the flag, you know. So we just kind of want to clear up any, uh, I guess, yeah, I uh, noise. I wasn't done, bro. Excuse me. Go ahead, sir. I'm just sick of the uh, these BS Florida fans. I'm just gonna go ahead and see it, man. Um, you're pumping your chest like you 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 like like your hot stuff after two win seasons. Come on. <laughs> Kudos to the Florida Gators. Kudos to the Florida Gators for having back to back winning seasons. Fred said. I'm guessing Dangleman is a Florida yeah, a fan Gator as well. Fan. Kudos to you to you guys. I'm hoping that you y'all can keep that going in the next decade, but. The past decade on our decade show, that's what we covered. And in that decade, Florida State was the most dominant team, not only in Florida, but you can potentially say in college football. We were second to Alabama. So <laughs> y'all just start with all with all the hate, man. It's 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 okay. I understand y'all don't like Florida State. I understand it. I understand you were stuck in the mud for basically the whole decade Pretty until much. the last two years of the decade. Pretty much. I pre I, I understand it. Pretty much. But it's okay. I understand y'all want to take shots at me and D for saying the things we saying, but we're we're telling truths on this show. Yeah. There's nothing we telling y'all is wrong. Yeah. So um, you guys, you know, take a chill pill, just relax. <laughs> you know, it, it may be y'all time. This might be y'all decade. We shall see. We'll see. You got know, a long way to go. But y'all guys, just chill out, man. It's okay. Stop being so uptight. When you're when you're winning, you shouldn't be so uptight. You got two back-to-back winning seasons. Be happy with that and just shut up. Well, we like to give equal opportunity here on the sports desk. So, of course, Mr. Dangerman, you know, I would love for you to call in. Cedric Farr has called in before. I would love for you to recall in. Freddie Bricks, if he hears this, would love for you to call in. You know, I think we're we're objective. But we're, we're all fans at the end of the day. Have a lot of fun with this. I, I think it's completely uh, comical as the, the resurgence of the Florida Gators uh, with their back-to-back winning seasons, they just, you know, it's memory loss. You know, you forget about, you know, the things before. But as Black stated, on the decade, we just really reviewed the decade. You know, Florida wasn't nothing in the decade. Florida State was. Miami was trash in the decade. Florida State wasn't. You know, we did a lot of things that you guys didn't do. So we don't come on here every week and just, you know, spill our guts about Florida State. So we're just going to leave it at that. I was going to save that for later, but we got a lot of things to get to here uh, with episode 37 of the Sports Desk. So when you guys hear this, y'all know where to find us at, man. You know, hit us up. And, hey, we we would love to have you call in uh, on the very next episode. You know, we, we, can have a, we can have a little conversation. You know, we've done it for many, many years. Why not do it live? So, uh Invitation has been extended uh, to you guys, all right? All right, so we're going to transition into our first topic of the day. We're going to get into the National Football League. playoff time it is playoff time wild card weekend 
is upon us. Me and Black are currently recording right now on a Sunday. Uh, I believe it is January the 5th. Uh, we are currently watching uh, the Seattle Seahawks up 17-9 in the fourth quarter over the depleted Philadelphia Eagles who lost Carson Wentz in the second quarter. Uh, Wentz can't catch a break, man. It looked like Seattle's going to try to hold on, but Philly is driving with Josh, Josh McCown at quarterback. All right, so let's get into it. So last week, just to get everybody's uh, 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 re-engaged here at the sports desk, man, Black gave our predictions, gave our records of what we thought were going to be happening uh, in these playoffs. And uh, I reminded Black, so this isn't news to him. Last week, we gave our picks. I picked Tennessee, I mean, to beat the Patriots. Black did not. I picked Houston to beat Buffalo. Black did not. We both picked. Uh, New Orleans is a knockoff Minnesota. We were both wrong there. And we still got a game to go. So I did that to get Black focused and get him a little riled up, see what he got to say about his picks because he was so high on this one team. But I told him number four. I told him. So let's get into it. The Houston Texans defeated the Buffalo Bills 22-19 in overtime. In overtime, coming back from 16 to nothing. Black, what you think about the game? And how you feeling about Houston moving on? Oh, man. You know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I picked Buffalo in this game. Uh-huh. And um, that's, why it's, that's why it's two halves of football. You can, yeah. correct the mis- you can correct the mistakes that you make in the first half and have another chance to come out and, mm-hmm. you know, fix, fix some things and tweak, tweak some things. Mm-hmm. And that's what... That's what Houston did. Um, I don't know what happened to Buffalo uh, in the second half. Shout out to my boy Fred. He tweeted. He said it looked like Josh Allen took a molly at halftime on Twitter. <laughs> and you know what, Fred? I think he did. Because <laughs> the kid was just. Uh, he was a different player in that fourth quarter. A different, quarter. Type, of play- a different type of player in that third and fourth quarter. Yeah. He wasn't playing like he was playing in the first half, but that's when adjustments comes, coaching. We see it all the time. But, man, this guy, Deshaun Watson. Um, mm, speak on it. He's a special player. Yes, sir. You know, uh, he got sacked seven times in this game. Seven. And then on that, on the potential eighth sack of the game, we seen one of the best plays in playoffs. Absolutely. Like this guy just... <laughs> Dodging two tackles. Yep. Was not going to go Spinning out of two tackles to throw a pass to get them in field goal range and win the game. Absolutely. It sucks that I lost, you know. <laughs> but I think Buffalo is going to be up and coming. Oh, I'm, for, I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not upset about my pick. I'm for not sure, upset sure. about that pick. For sure. But um, Deshaun Watson, like D said, number four, man, he came through. Yeah. He came through when it mattered most. It may have not been pretty, but in the playoffs, it don't have to be pretty. Win is a win, baby. Well, win is a win. win so, a shout out to Houston moving on, and, you know, we'll see what they do next round against Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was a thrilling game. Me and Black was together yesterday uh, watching the game. Shout out to my my young godson, Easton, turning one years old. Um, you know, I... It, Man, I you know when it happened, man, and they was down sixteen to nothing, and Houston was coming back, and I was like, man, I, I wasn't really sure if Bill Pol what is what what they coach name is uh Houston's head coach uh uh Bill O'Brien yeah Bill O'Brien not Bill Polian Bill O'Brien I didn't know if he was just gonna let, just shoot them to death in their own foot 
I mean, the plays he was calling was ridiculous. I'm like, man, you get Hopkins the ball by any means necessary. Start rolling Deshaun out. Like, create some space so they can do their thing. They getting these traditional plays off down 16 to nothing. And I was glad to see that somebody was like, man, hey, let's go play ball. And let's stop playing around like Buffalo not playing. And then when they decided to do that midway through the third quarter and start getting some offensive going, Hey, we seen magic, baby. And I just want to touch on number four. I think number four just told Black, you know, straight up. Hold on a minute, player. <laughs> yeah. Black told him, you know, Deshaun told Black straight up, hold on, wait a minute, player. You know what I'm saying? It's not going down like that today. The one matchup in particular, man, Tredavious White and Deshaun Hawkins, man. Tredavious White had the upper hand the whole game. Well, probably the first, uh, half. first half of the game. And then. This man just went berserk, man. You seen why he, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and they is a unanimous first team All Pro. You know he just went off. You know strong hands, getting free, won't be taken down. The connection between him and Watson is something special. But Buffalo Bills, they have nothing to be ashamed of. You know they should have won that game for sure. Up sixteen, nothing on the road. You think they can close that out? But those kids, they'll be back. Josh Allen played a hell of a game, man. I just don't know what happened to him midway through the third, going on through overtime. Even they had a chance to win the game. They was driving the star OT, but they just couldn't get down there. But that Buffalo Bills team will be around. They're not going anywhere, man. With a defense like that, a young QB showing promise like that, they'll be around. But Houston advances, man. Hell of a game. Thrilling game. OT game. You couldn't ask for more, man. So, hey, good luck to the Texans moving forward. Blake, you got anything else to add on that game? Um, not too much, man. I'm just, it's, it's, it's just that game. Uh, it was kind of intense. It was a kind of, it was kind of very intense in that game. Hold but, on a minute, uh, player. I think, I, I, <laughs> I really think Bill O'Brien needed that because he was one. I think they showed it while he was watching the game. He was like one in four. And what, in the, the playoffs? Play, in the playoffs with Houston, he was mm-hmm. like one and four. So he needed that because me and D was calling for his head in the first half. I thought he was. We was calling for his head. Yeah, we were saying like They need to get him out of there. Yeah, we were saying But, you know, they came through and got the win. They made the adjustments and did what they had to do, man. And uh, kudos to the Houston Texans for moving on. And, I, and also, I feel like J.J. Watt really sparked something for them. Especially the second half. Some of their biggest plays were made – on on offense, but some of the big some of the biggest plays to get them the ball back were on defense. Yeah. When they needed plays made, yeah. it was him and uh it, it was a trigger effect. Then the other guy stopped making plays. So Especially in the second half. Yeah. Especially definitely. in the second half. Yeah. So very good game. Uh playoff football, man. What can what more can you ask for? All right. So we're gonna transition to the nightcap. All right. The Tennessee Titans and Big Hen went into Foxborough. And took care of the defending Super Bowl champions 20 to 13. A game which I also predicted that the Tennessee Titans would win. And I'm gonna kick it off here, Black, with Tennessee and New England. It was just like we talked about last week on the show. I, I, I said that New England's offense is non-existent. They don't have any big time playmakers to shift the game. I mean, James White can get you a few yards here and there. Sonny Michelle can get you a few cuts here and there. Julian Edelman is, hasn't been the same this year. Now, I know he's been injured. I know he's been hurt, but he hasn't been the same. They don't have players who can stretch the field. No AB, no Josh Gordon. They have no one to stretch the field. They were trying to depend on the kill Harry to get him going, but he's just not that guy yet. He's not that guy yet. And they ran into a team who jumped on him and didn't let him get away. And then when Big Hand scored that second touchdown and put him on 14-3, I said it was over. 
Because that defense was playing lights out. And shout out to Vaccaro, man, the safety out of Texas. Uh, they used to play for the Saints, playing for Tennessee, man. He was all over the field, making head up, big boom tackles, man. Blitzing, putting pressure on Brady. Mm. That defense stood down, especially losing Brown, uh, their stud middle linebacker in the first quarter. Um, they still they stood packed, man. And, and even though Ryan Tannehill uh, wasn't marvelous yesterday, I mean, he went 8 for 15, 72 yards, a touchdown pass, excuse me, a touchdown catch and one pick. He didn't blow the game. He just didn't blow the game. You know, he got him down the field, got him down the field, did the right, made the right, uh, made the right plays to put his team in position to win. So shout out to the Tennessee Titans, big hand, 34 carries, 182 yards, a touchdown, 5.4 on the ground on his 26th birthday, by the way. Like impressive, man. Just impressive uh showing by the Tennessee Titans. And I said this on the show last week. Tennessee is a team you don't want to play. And Tennessee is also the team that can do this very scheme and get to an AFC Championship game. They go to Baltimore next week, and we're going to talk about it. Don't be surprised, man. Don't be surprised if that game gets really interesting up in Baltimore. But, Black, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, the game last night? Yeah, man, that was uh that was one. And I picked New England, and I'm one of those guys with Tom Brady – you just going to have to beat him for me to believe that I'm saying <laughs> he's beatable. So that's what happened last night. So I lost that game last night. <laughs> um, it sucks because I kind of feel like that may be an end of a dynasty with them. Facts. And um, I hate for Tom Brady to go out his, well, potentially, well, we hope it's not his last pass, but to end like in, in a pick six or Something like that because the man has done so many great things. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the GOAT, you know, six rings, you yeah. know. But, hey, for sure, Tennessee. Now I want to get into it. Derrick Henry mm. led the league in rushing this year. Yes, he did. And was left off a of first-team All-Pro. Yes, he was. I have a – after last night, I got kind of – I got pissed off again about it. Mm-hmm. This man showed that he can control a game running the ball. Mm-hmm. That game was Derrick Henry's football game last night. Yeah. Tannehill and the offense, they really didn't, they just needed to hand it off. He was going to take them home. You've seen that early in the game. New England couldn't do anything with him at all. Nothing at all. Anytime he touched the ball, it was full steam ahead. Nothing negative, no type of. He was getting positive yards almost on every play that he touched the ball. But Tennessee came to play, man. Their defense played lights out. Absolutely. Man, uh, New England just no weapons whatsoever. It's, it's sad, yeah. man. It's, it's it's sad to see it happen like that. But shout out to shout out to Tennessee, man, for moving on. Um yep. like D say, I agree. It's gonna be a dangerous game in Baltimore. Yep. It's a very dangerous game because if Big Hands run the ball like that, <laughs> that means Lamar's going to be sitting on the sideline. Correct. So, we're going to see what happened in that game, but shout out to Tennessee, Brady. You let me down, buddy. It's cool. That's the first time you've let me down. It's okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Um. That's really much all I got to say about that game. Okay, yeah, and speaking of Tom Brady, this very well could have been his last game in Foxborough, last game in the Patriots uniform. Uh, been there 20 years, six Super Bowl championships. Didn't go out the way he wanted to. Uh, he went 20 for 37, 209 in the air. He had one pick, no touchdowns. Um, just a tough, tough out in uh, f- for Brady. Um, 
you know, we, we got plenty of time to talk about where Brady's going to end up. What will he do? Was this the last game in New England? You know, we got plenty, plenty of time to talk about that. But if this was his last game in Foxborough, job well done. The greatest of all time. Tom Brady is not my favorite quarterback ever. My favorite quarterback is Peyton Manning right now. Look like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes might be taking that in a minute. But when Brady and Manning was coming up, I was on Manning's side. You know, I was on Manning's side when him and Brady was just having their back and forth duels. And I never thought I would see a quarterback do what Brady's done when it comes to winning. I never thought I'd see a quarterback win six Super Bowl championships and play for eight. Like, this is, this is, this is godly stuff. And we'll never – I don't think we'll never, ever see this again. Yeah, I, I don't agree. think we will. So I agree. I just want to tip my cat to Tom Brady and his greatness. Um, and, and not even not just him, Bill Belichick as well, because there's a possibility Bill Belichick might not be the head coach of the Patriots next year. I know that's far-fetched. We'll get into that in a little later because I have a celebration that is a, uh, that is upon me, and uh, we're going to have that. But just tip my cap to Tom Brady, end of a dynasty, job well done, hell of a run, man, for Brady and uh, the Patriots. All right, Blake, you got anything else to add before we move on? No, man. Cool, uh, yeah, uh, kudos to, to Tom Brady, man. Kudos to... Derrick Henry as well. I think it's a tragic, travesty. Travesty that he was left off a of first team All Pro. But I know we're probably gonna get into that list and everything a little later in the in the show. Uh-huh. But um, shout out to those guys, man. Uh, Tennessee is is hot right now. They're they're really hot, and yes, it, um, we're gonna see what happened going forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so we're gonna transition. Uh, into today's game, like I said, we're recording on this Sunday, January the 5th. And the first game today at 1 o'clock was the Minnesota Vikings taking care of the New Orleans Saints at home in overtime, 26-20. to 20. And, man, I mean... You like that? You like that? Yeah, so shout out Kurt Cousins, man, and the, and the Minnesota Vikings no one gave the Vikings a shot to go ahead and win this game. No one. And if you did, you're lying. No one on ESPN, FH1, the sports world, the Twitter world, no one gave the Vikings a shot. Look, man, the way Dalvin Cook came out, man, <laughs> the boy came out dangerous. He looked healthy. He looked rested. And he was not playing around. 28 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns, four-point yards a carry on the, in his first game back in the playoff game. Hell of a game. But Kurt Cousins, his entire career in the NFL, he can't win the big game. He's not the guy to get you over, over the hump. He's a game manager. He's going to get you so far. For this guy to go into this atmosphere in New Orleans, when I said last week that New Orleans would route Minnesota, everyone said this. And Kurt Cousins was like, nah. Not today. For that game when a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone to Rudolph to win the game, and I don't want to hear, oh, pass interference, Rudolph pushed off with one hand. Yeah, stop it, yo. Stop it. Stop it. These guys were fighting for position in the back of the end zone. You don't call that. You don't call a play like that. Not in a moment like that. You don't call a play like that. You know, Rudolph got the ball, and he scored the touchdown. So I just want to tip my hat to the Vikings. I saw the game. Drew Brees, man, man, it – I hated to see Breeze look the way he looked, man. Uh, 26 for 33, 208, one tub, one interception. He missed a lot of big throws, throwing to the dirt. Breeze, Breeze just was bothered by that Minnesota defense. Um, they, they lit a spark with Taysom Hill coming in, throwing throwing, throwing for a big play, running for a big play on special teams. He was he was a fire spark, man, but it just wasn't enough, man. Uh, Alva Kamara, seven carries for 21 
on the ground. That's like, horrible, man. Taysom Hill had four carries for 50. Uh, Latavius Murray, five for 21. They just didn't do a good job today, even though they came back. Because Minnesota was in control of this game. They was in control of this game and went to overtime. And I said, if Minnesota gets this ball, they're going to score. They're going to win. And that's exactly what they did. Now, that sucks for the Saints. I think this is their third straight playoff loss where they lost in overtime and they didn't even get the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, that's tough right there. That Saints is. fan, my boy LT, he a big Saints fan. Like, I feel for you, man. Heartbreak. But, hey, Minnesota got it done and they are advancing. Black, what'd you think about this game? And and what you think about the Vikings' performance? Um, I'm shocked, man. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, uh, like D said, I had I had I had uh, New Orleans winning in a route. Yep. Um, I guess we was wrong about that one. Yeah, together. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, Minnesota came to play football. Shout out to Dalvin Cook, Florida State. Um. <laughs> This guy coming off been banged up all year, basically all year, in yeah. and out the lineup all year. Um, yeah, he showed up to play football. Yes, he, showed he did up to play football. Kirk Cousins, he managed and made plays. He did. He managed and got the ball downfield to Adam Thielen. Big day. Big day for him, especially mm-hmm. coming off missing like four or five games, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, and coming showing off, showing up in the playoffs when it count the most. Seven for one twenty nine. Adam Thielen came through. Yeah. Kirk Cousins finally wins the big one. Finally. Um, it was a good game, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was going on with New Orleans. Mm. Um, a lot of people may not agree with me, but I feel like a door, a door closed as well in that game. I feel like this was the year New Orleans had to get it. I feel like this was the year. You predicted them to go to the Super Bowl. I predicted them to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was the year they had to get it because Drew's, Drew Brees is only getting older. Yes, sir. And I feel like the door was shut in their face in in a wow. in a dev, in a devastating fashion, like two years before. Wow. I don't know what it is about them in the playoffs, man. These past three years, but they just it's, it's just not on their side, man. That offense has been crazy the past three games, and to look like that and at home, that wasn't a good look, man. I agree. Um. I feel like Drew Brees lost his chance, his shot at a ring because the league is only getting better and better. Faster, and younger. I hate, I hate that that happened to him because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But it's football; yes, it, it happens. It happens. But shout out to the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, sir. Shout out to them, man, for yes, getting sir. a big win. That was a huge win for them. A six seed. You like that? A six you seed. Like that? Shout out to Kirk Cousins. You can't call him. You can't say he hadn't win the big one now. You can't say that, you know. But um, it was a good game, man. And uh, shout out to the Minnesota Vikings. Sad day uh, to be a New Orleans fan. <laughs> yeah, definitely shout out to the Vikings. Well-deserved win. Uh, with them being the sixth seed, they are traveling out to play the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I believe next Sunday uh, they're going to be having that game. So currently in process with a minute 56 left. It looked like Seattle is going to take care of business, barring some type of miracle against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. It is still 17 to 9. So we're going to progress uh, as if uh, Seattle won this game. Now, Seattle uh, somehow, somebody loses this game, then just fast forward through this part <laughs> when, you get, <laughs> when you get to this part at the 43 minute mark. But um, me and Black both picked Seattle to win this game. And um, 
for some reason, I, I'm not me. I'm not understanding why people are writing off uh, the Seahawks. I know they had a lot of injuries in the backfield. I saw Marshawn Lynch today devour a defensive line, a very good one in Philadelphia, and got a touchdown today. And you don't need a running back to from from the one yard line down to the next one yard line, the other end of the end zone. You don't need it when you got a guy like Russell Wilson who has feet. When you got Tyler Lockett and you got players, a DK Metcalf, you can get in drags, and that can be a form of a run game too. And so you do get down into the the, the red zone, the 10, 15-yard mark, where you can start handing it off to the Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is not going to get 35 carries for 180 yards, no. Marshawn Lynch is going to be the guy. When you get him in position, he's going to make you pay because you can't stop him. He is a violent runner, and we saw it today. And mm-hmm. he got in and he punched the ticket for his touchdown. So with, with Seattle, I just think – this is a team you don't want to look past, man. This is a team that, that's going to go into Lambeau Field uh, next week. They're going to go and play the Packers, and I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl, but I'm worried. I, I, I am worried about Seattle going up into Lambeau and causing problems uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson was an MVP candidate this whole season. Whole season. The only reason he's not going to win the MVP because Lamar Jackson decided to turn into an all-world <laughs> just video game figure on the field. That's the only reason why Russell Wilson is not going to win the MVP this year because Lamar was like, no, nah, this is mine because this is my MVP this year. But back on the Seahawks, good win, solid win. Carson Wentz can't catch a break. Philadelphia hung in there. They did. They, they hung in there, man, as, as much as they could. So many injuries. But um, they're going to go home today, and uh, Seattle's going to advance. So, Black, what you got on this Seahawks-Philly game, man? Yeah, man. Um, Seattle came Seattle came through, man. I just uh, – it sucks to see Carson Wentz get, gets hurt. That's Again. Just, it's been Philly's story almost the whole season, you can say. Injury, injury, injury. Again. But, um, yeah, man, um, Russell, Russell looked good today throwing the ball. Like you said, the run game looked good. Defense is playing – uh, out of control today uh, for for Seattle, and um, we're we're looking at it now. Seattle has the ball, did you know, trying to run some clock out. But yeah, man, um, Marshawn Lynch, man, um, <laughs> two games back, a uh, one regular season game and uh, one play a playoff game, and he has a touchdown in both. Yep, he has a touchdown in both. You don't need Marshawn Lynch to do much. I feel like you just need Marshawn Lynch when you get down to the goal line mm-hmm. to to punch it in, and that's what he can do. Yep. He can do that. Uh, Russell Wilson, um, shout out to him, man. And like D said, they're gonna cause some problems, man. Yes, uh, going up to Lambeau. Yes, sir. And um, I agree with D when he says that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and those guys better be careful mm-hmm. because you know. You got a, you got like you got a lot of talent. He got Metcalf. He got uh, you you, you got Lockett. You got uh, you got R- Russell Wilson. So we're gonna see, man. It's exciting. Um, it's exciting to see uh, what 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 Seattle was doing. And cause at the tell of the at the towards the end of the year, I was kind of concerned because it wasn't looking too good. Mm-hmm. But they had injuries in uh. And big positions, both of their both of their running backs went out with season in- injuries yep. towards the end of the year. So, good thing they're re- uh, recovering in this game. Getting basically finna get a playoff win and uh, move on to Lambeau. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, yeah. So, shout out to Seahawks for advancing. So, we're going to uh, get to the divisional round, man. So, the next time y'all hear from us, the divisional round will be over. So, we're going to dive into the games for next week. Uh, so, um, I don't know the orders of the games right now, so we're just going to throw them out there. So, let's start with Baltimore and Tennessee. 
Uh, Black, who you got winning that game, and what you think going to take place? Um, this is a tricky one mm-hmm. because after what I seen last night from Tennessee, it makes me wonder: can they rectify that until the game with Baltimore? Mm. But I don't think that they'll be able to do that because once again they played a depleted New England Patriots team. Um, I think I think Baltimore is going to load the box and leave their corners on the island in this game and make Ryan Tannehill make Ryan Tannehill beat them. They're not going to let Derrick Henry beat them. Um, I don't think you. I don't think. I'm rolling. I'm gonna roll with Baltimore in this one. I'm gonna roll with Baltimore in this one by three. I think it'll be a close game. I mm-hmm. think. Um, I think uh, Tucker will hit a a field goal to win this game. But I don't think. I think Lamar makes enough plays to to get past uh, Tennessee on on next Saturday night. Okay. Uh, before I give my pick, I just want to you know, hey Philadelphia Eagles fans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had to get that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Cowboys have made the playoffs, but guess what? You're going home too. <laughs> okay, okay, so I hate the Eagles. Anyway. 160 yards from DK Metcalf today. He just caught a big 50-yard bomb while you while you was giving your take. So that's where that came from. And Seattle's going to survive. All right, so me, uh, Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh, I agree with Black. I think for the people out there who are going to just say Baltimore's going to steamroll Tennessee and blow them out and get them out of here, I think you're wrong. I think uh, Tennessee is going to come to play. They got one game plan. They're going to line it up, going to give it a big hand. If you can stop them, you'll win. If you can't, you're going to lose. But Black made an interesting fact. I believe uh, Baltimore is going to load the box. They got the talent and their corner position. Um, and with their safeties, Earl Thomas and, St- and uh, Peters back there, man-to-man, Tan- Ryan Tannehill, can you beat us? Now, Tannehill's played well this year. He has. But can you beat us? And I don't think they will. Now, I think this game is going to be extremely close. I'm talking about a three-point, six-point win for Baltimore here. Depending on the weather, now they're calling it might be sleet, rain. They, it could be an ugly weather event in Baltimore. And so that, And that plays in Tennessee's favor. That's in Tennessee's uh, hands right there if that happens. But I just think Baltimore got too much talent, and they got a great coaching staff. A great coaching staff led by Harbaugh. So, um, I think Lamar them get it done. I think they advance to the AFC Championship game. I think it's a battle. I think it's a close one. Way closer than what the experts may say or may, what they may think. But I think Baltimore does just enough to advance to host uh, the AFC Championship game. All right, so we're going to move on to our next game. Uh, it'll be the Kansas City Chiefs welcoming, welcoming in number four and the Houston Texans black. Who you got winning this game, and what do you think is going to take place, sir? Texans Chiefs. You know what? We talked about this game, D, uh, yes, last did. night when we were together. And yes, uh, I think this could be an interesting game. Um, me and D were saying how if Buffalo would have won, we think Buffalo could go in there and give Kansas City some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Houston can go in there and give Kansas City some problems. Mm-hmm. I believe they're gonna they're gonna learn from from that Buffalo game, and I think I think Deshaun I think Deshaun knows that he can't mess around. Well, he know this time of year you can't mess around. Period. Mm-hmm. But I think he knows that he can't you know pull what he pulled in that Buffalo game going to Kansas City because he will get ran from out of Arrowhead. <laughs> 
I think I think Houston makes this interesting, man. I think they make it interesting. Um, but I'm going to roll with Kansas City in this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roll with Kansas City, but by I'm gonna go by a touchdown. Okay. I think Mahomes and them make a make a play or two late. Uh, to 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 close this game out uh, against against Houston, and the weather is going to be a factor as well. It's supposed to be crazy weather there. I think they said negative degree weather, if I'm not mistaken. I seen. Um, yeah. But we're gonna see as the week go on how that's going to change. But you know, it's difficult to play in these places with that weather. But um, Houston has to find a run, a run game, some type of way to help Des- uh to help Deshaun out. I already know uh, D D Hop gonna show up, so uh, that's no question about that. But I I think they come up a little short in this one. I think Kansas City gets the win by a touchdown. I think uh, Mahomes has a hell of a game. Um, I think he has a good game, but I think Houston offense will get it going to keep them in this game. Yeah, um, man, I'm a huge fan of Deshaun Watson. I'm a huge fan of number four man and. And I believe in him, man. And, and and deep down, I want to pick him to win. I want to pick him to go in there and beat uh, Kansas City, man. Because I just think Deshaun, this is this is his opportunity. You know, that he finally got over that first round home. And he's going into a hostile environment where it's going to be freezing. Those elements are going to be a major, major player in this game. And I think it's going to matter. And I don't know if Buffalo was able to put up 16 at the gate on – Houston's defense, what the hell is Kansas City going to do to Houston's defense? And can Deshaun and Hopkins and those guys keep up? If it turns into an event where Kansas City is just scoring points, can the Texans keep up? Well, I think they can. I think they can. And I think big-time players going to make big-time plays in this big game. And I think it's going to be a close one. And I really want to pick Houston, but I'm just going to keep it real. It's going to come down to coaching. It's going to come down to coaching. When it comes down to, what's his name, Bill? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien versus Andy <laughs> Reid. And, and, and I, I just got to give, I got to tip the cap to Andy Reid over, over Bill O'Brien. And I'm going to go uh, Kansas City uh, by three. I think it might come to a last second, dri- last uh, minute drive with KC trying to get down there and get some points. Hell, this game could even go into overtime. It would do my heart beautifully. If Deshaun them can win this game. And I'll be the first one to come on this show and say I was wrong, but I'm happy. Because I love Deshaun. He's a big fan. So much so I ordered his jersey. I want his jersey. All right. I don't know if I ever wear it. I might put it up in here in the studio with me and Black Record. Because I just admire the kid. You know, it just goes deeper than him in Houston. Just goes into, you know, his upbringing and that Clemson and all that. But that's another story. But close game. Pat Mahomes is going to be Pat Mahomes. No one's talking about the Chiefs. They've been on the road since Mahomes has gotten back. They've been prolific offensively. They're healthy. Uh, Harmon, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, just so many weapons, man, all over the field. Damian Williams, yeah, back at it. Yeah, at home. I mean, what are you going to do? Offensive line is like they're healthy again. They're going to be able to hold up and, and protect Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick, Pat, Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, all right. So I'm going to go Kansas City in the closer, man, even by three high scoring. High-scoring game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring, so I got the Chiefs winning. All right, moving on to the next games on Sunday, I believe. Let's go to Minnesota and San Francisco, all right? Of course, San Francisco, number one seed in the NFC. Uh, Games at their place. Black, what you think happened with the Vikings and the 49ers? Man, I'm kind of stuck on this one, man. Okay. I'm kind of stuck, like... 
gonna give my little spill, and then I'm just gonna go with a pick that I think will hopefully win because I really don't know in this game. They both do the same thing well. They run the ball. I think it's going to come down to the quarterbacks in this one, and if I had to get an advantage back to the advantage to a quarterback right now, I would have to give it to Kirk Cousins because of what I seen today. Oh man, okay. Um, uh, this is going to be a good game. Um, I think this is going to be close. I'm thinking maybe like three points, maybe three points. Yeah, so Minnesota going to come to play. Maybe six, maybe six. Okay. Minnesota going to come to play. I believe that that New Orleans win. We we seen something in them, especially if they can control yeah. it, and then Dalvin can, can continue to run this ball like that and play action with Kirk Cousins down the field, or Thielen, or Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, San Fran's kind of banged up in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we seen Sherman come back, but they're still banged up in the secondary. I don't know if all the parts are going to be back for this playoff game or not, but um, I'm going to roll with. San Francisco. Mm, thought you had a little heart. I, I thought you had gonna, a little heart. I'm going to roll with San Fran in this one. I think uh, <laughs> Moisture and those guys get the job done. Coleman and uh-huh. uh, what's my other running back name? I can't think of his name. Um, well, I think those three guys get it done. Um, I can't think of the third running back's name. Um, but uh, I think. I feel like San Fran defense, uh, that defensive line and those linebikers are going to help out that secondary uh, and get pressure on uh, Kirk Cousins and cause him a lot of trouble. Uh, I got San Fran by six. Mm, Okay, okay. Well, I've been saying all... I've been saying all all season long that I know San Francisco is a good team. I know they got a good young head coach. But I'm not completely sold on the 49ers winning the Super Bowl this year or even getting to the Super Bowl this year. It's just something when I see them play, it looks like, man, if a team doesn't make this mistake or that mistake, you can beat them. Like, you can beat them. Like, Garoppolo, I've only seen him have to do one game-winning drive. That was in New Orleans with George Kittle, you know, just playing out of his mind, and they got that win. Um... And I'm going to go with the Vikings, man. I'm going to go with the Vikings going into San Francisco. And I think they're going to get it done, man. I think when you get over a hump, just just, just Kirk Cousins going into New Orleans, which is not San Francisco. It's going to be a nice day. The field conditions are going to be great. Like, this isn't somewhere that you're going to have to prepare for, like, mentally for weather. Like, I think they're going to be okay. Thielen... You get Diggs a little bit more involved. Dalvin Cook came out healthy, thank God. You got Rudolph. Like, you got an offensive line that's healthy. San Francisco's defense ain't, like, nothing to be scared of. Like, you can line up and you can do some things against against them. And if it come down to it, man, I think what you said earlier, Black, like, getting a win like that, going into New Orleans, getting the monkey off your back, so to speak, with Kirk Cousins, feeling good, nothing to lose. I just think they're going to do it, man. I just think they're going to go in. I think they're going to beat them by a touchdown. I think they're going to go into San Francisco, and they're going to beat them by a touchdown. And I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to the NFC Championship game. Wow. I think they're going to go to the NFC Championship game because I watched this whole game today. I'm like, man, this is a really good team. And Kirk Cousins only turned the ball over once, and you can't do that against a team like New Orleans, and they still survive. 
And San Francisco just going to have to show me. I know they've been good all year. I know they never want to see NFC. I know. I know. I know. George Kittle's a beast. I know. I know. I know. But they're going to have to – Jimmy Garoppolo going to have to show me. He's looking good right now, and everybody's saying, oh, Bill, this one, Bill Belichick tried to get rid of Tom Brady. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. Bill Belichick had Tom Brady, who also went and got him two more Super Bowl rings after he tried to let Tom Brady go. So let's keep that in mind as well. Brady went and got two more. Mm-hmm. So going to go Vikings, man. Buy a touchdown. Low scoring. Low scoring game. Going with the Vikings, Black. Okay. Going with the Vikings. All right. So last game of the divisional weekend we're going to get into. We're going to go to the Seattle Seahawks visiting my Super Bowl pick. Uh, going to represent the NFC, the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. They say this thing will be negative degrees, snowy showers, just a typical uh, night in Green Bay. The frozen tundra. Yes, sir, will be on <laughs> display. So, Black, who you got winning this game, and uh, what do you think is going to take place? And they just announced that this will be the night game at 640 on Sunday. The Green so, Bay-Seattle. The Green Bay and Seattle game okay. will be the night game okay. on Sunday. Okay. Uh. Man, this is going to be a lovely matchup. Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. What more can you ask for? What more can you ask for? Great. Um, it's going to be a great game, man. Um, Green Bay got a bye. Ricky head coach. Yep. Um, this one's kind of easy for me. Okay. I'm going to roll with Seattle in this one. <laughs> I'm going to roll with Seattle in this one. Reason, That's what I'm talking reason, about, Black. Reason being because I think uh, Russell Wilson gets it done with his legs and his arms. Okay. I really think he does. And I think Marshawn okay. Lynch, when they get down to the goal line to get in the area okay. of the goal line, he's not going to be stopped. Um, okay. I got it close. Yep. I'm thinking maybe like 24-17 touchdown. Well, you know what? I take that back. I'm thinking more like 23-20 in okay. this one. Okay. Um I don't like I don't I'm I, I don't like Aaron Rodgers and them being on a bye. I I probably would have picked them if they were playing. Mm. But they're not. They got a bye. Uh the the bye I feel like the bye can't hurt you at some especially when teams like this are already playing. Okay. And you sitting. But I think uh Russell Wilson makes enough plays to beat Green Bay on Sunday night. Oh. Hold on a minute, player. So, of course, my Super Bowl pick is the Green Bay Packers. I'm just going to come right out with it. I'm picking the Packers. All right. So, Black, let's get a little friendly wager, Black. Got a smooth on that? Yeah, we could do that, man. You got a smooth on that, Black? put the smooth on that, man. Okay. So, you know, me and Black just put a smooth on the line. You know what I'm saying? With this game here, I'm going Packers in this game. I'm going to go Packers by a field goal as well. And crazy that you should say, I'm going 23-20 Packers as well in this game. The Smith boys, especially Zendarius Smith, he is an animal. And he is a lurker on that defensive line. He can go down on the three-point stands and he can stand up. And wherever Russell Wilson goes, that's where he will be. He has been wreaking havoc in the backfield of opposing teams the past two to three weeks to end the season. And I just like their defense, how they fly around, how they get opportunities to get the ball, make turnovers. I like it. And then Aaron Jones, man, the touchdown maker, Aaron Jones, he's just been incredible this year. Incredible, man. This this guy has got to be up there with the top guys with total touchdowns uh, this season. He's been great, man. And, of course, El Capitan, the captain, 
Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Ben there done that, even though Russell Wilson has too. But former MVP, he's been waiting for another opportunity. This is the best team Aaron Rodgers has had going to make a Super Bowl run on both sides of the ball. Young, innovative mind, uh, Magnaggy, I think his name, the head coach. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. He's an innovator offensively. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't had to show his teeth like that this year. And what I mean by that is he hasn't had to come out and say, hey, I got it. And when I say hut, y'all just run downfield. He got playmakers this year. He can get the ball to certain guys this year. And I think in Lambeau, the frozen tundra, snow showers possible. This is his time. This is this is his moment to outdo a Russell Wilson, man, and uh, host an NFC Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings. That would be my pick. So, I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers, man, to knock off the Seahawks 23-20 to as well. And Black, I want my smoother, though. Don't, don't, That's fine. That's don't fine, Don't hit me man. up talking about old, yeah. bro. Nah, I want my smoother, though. All right, all, all right. right. I so, got you, my man. All right, so Division of Weekend, we can't wait for it. To me, that's the most probably entertaining football weekend of the year because you have these uh, four teams – trying to get to the conference championship and we know what conference championships mean so it should be great uh football next week all right but you got anything else to add on the division around anything before we move on uh yeah man uh it's gonna be some exciting football i'm gonna keep it short it's gonna be some really exciting football in these games uh i'm pretty sure we're gonna see some shockers you know that's yeah. that's what we've been seeing since yesterday shockers mm-hmm but uh yeah man I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um uh, I'm really looking forward to this Green Bay and Seattle game. We're going to see what happens in this um cuz I, I I would love to see a I would love to see a Seattle and San Fran uh trilogy uh for the divisional to get to the Super Bowl. Okay. So okay. uh we're going to see man. I'm excited man. I'm excited. We got some good games too ahead. We got some good matchups. Matchups that a lot of people weren't expecting, but we got some good matchups Good football. Overall. Good football. All right, so we're going to transition to a couple of notes from the NFL. They announced their Hall of Fame candidates, and they also announced their All-Pro first team uh, selections as well, as Black mentioned. But we're going to go ahead and kick off some of these Hall of Fame candidates, man. All right, so we got Steve Atwater. We got Jaguars great Tony Baselli. Uh, we got Isaac Bruce, a former wide receiver of the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Leroy Butler, uh, Jacksonville's own Leroy Butler, mm-hmm. uh, former of the Green Bay Packers, safety. Uh, Alan Fanica, Torrey Holt, Steve Hutchison, Edrin James, one of my all-time favorites. John Lynch, Sam Mills, Troy Palomalu, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Bryant Young, and Reggie Wayne. All right, so those are the finalists uh, for the NFL Hall of Fame this year. And uh, good list there. Good list there, and we'll see uh, who the committee selects uh, to make the class this year. And also they had um, uh, another finalist of the special centennial finalists where they have coaches on there. Finally, 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 Jimmy Johnson is on this list. I don't know why Jimmy Johnson is not in the Hall of Fame, former Cowboys coach, former Miami Hurricanes head coach, uh, Super Bowl winner, national championship winner. Uh, but he's finally on. He's finally on along with Bill Cowher. Some notable names. Bill Cowher's on this list. Um, you got, uh, I don't know, the, the uh, old school NFL films that y'all see with the little historic music. I don't know if y'all know who's responsible for that. Uh, but my man Ed uh 
I, man, I can't pronounce his name. Soroball. All right. Okay. He's the producer of all of that. All the old school NFL films of the old classic games. He puts all that together. Some owners, Bud, Bud Adams, uh, Ray, Ralph Hay, uh, Frank Kilroy, Art Modell. These guys are on this list as contributors and finalists for coaches. So um, Dan Reeves, Dick Vermeil for coaches as well. So some notable names that are uh, finalists to go into the class of 2020 of the NFL Hall of Fame. All right. So moving along, we're going to get into some AP first team um, selections here for the 2019-2020 season. As Black mentioned, he has some beef with some of this. So we're going to go offense first. Quarterback, no-brainer, Lamar Jackson. Running back, Christian McCaffrey. Flex, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the first player to be first-team All-Pro in two selections. That's something to be said about this kid. Whether you like it or not, it's something to be said about this kid being selected in two positions, man, first-team All-Pro. Michael Thomas, <laughs> no-brainer. Black's been saying he's the best receiver in football all year long. First-team All-Pro says so. Man. DeAndre Hopkins. I said DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in football. First-team All-Pro, all right, this year. George Kittle. Uh, at tight end, Ronnie Staley, left tackle, Ryan Ramzig out of New Orleans, right tackle, left guard, Quentin Nelson uh, for the Colts, Zach Martin, right guard for the Cowboys, and uh, Jason Kelsey, all right, uh, center uh, for the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, all right. So, Black, you know, kind of expound on your beef with McCaffrey, I guess being first-team all-pro running back over uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, man, I just <laughs> – what this guy did this year, man, is uh, don't get me wrong. What Christian McCaffrey did is was special this year. I think he he had over a thousand yards rushing in yeah. a thousand yards receiving. Yes, sir. You know we hadn't seen that in a long time. I think they said the last time we seen that it was uh, Marshall Falk. I mean, Mark, Ladanian Thompson. Ladanian I think. Thompson. I think it was okay, Ladanian okay. Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's I think it's something to be said if you lead the league in rushing. Hmm. And have double digit touchdowns, and to be left off as the 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 running back, uh, a first team All Pro, mm-hmm. and receive enough first team All Pro votes, but still didn't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of pissed with it. You pissed? Yeah, I'm kind of pissed with it because mm. he showed. Like, I'm more pissed about it because what he what he did last night. You okay, know, Christian McCaffrey is sitting at the house. You know. <laughs> um, he had to do everything he had doing because uh, Carolina had nothing else. But correct, you know, and I think that played a part. He did. He might have played a part, yeah. but man, I feel like Big Hen got screwed. Mm. That's just my opinion. I could. Some people might say I'm wrong. Oh well, I think yeah. it's something to be said about when you lead this league in rushing and have double digits touchdown. I think it's something to be said about that. Yeah, I understand. And, and I'm one who's not mad at all with Christian McCaffrey uh, having first-team All-Pro at running back. Like you said, he did everything. He did everything. For you to have 1,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards rushing, like you number one all-purpose yards in the lead, that played a part too. You know, he did it all coming out the backfield. So I feel what you're saying about Big Hen. Big Hen came on later in the season as well, uh, having 200 yards games, uh, I think two out of the last five games of the year. And the touchdowns, they're not even in comparisons. Big Ken's touchdowns compared to McCaffrey's touchdowns. As a running back, he almost got 10 more than him. He almost got 10 more touchdowns than Big Ken, so that probably paid a part too. But Henry definitely deserves uh, the nod to be first-team All-Pro. But either way it go, I mean, I'm not mad. Both of those guys had a hell of a year. You know, unfortunately, somebody had to get left out, and it was Big Ken. 
All right, so we're gonna get into the first team all pro defense. All right, some studs on this uh, on this list: edge rushers Chandler Jones and T.J. Watt. Uh, inside uh, interior linemen Aaron Donna and Cameron Hayward. Uh, linebackers Bobby Wagner, uh, Demario Davis, uh, Eric Kendricks. All right, defensive backs probably the two best corners in the league right now. Tre'Davious White out of Buffalo, Stephon Gilmore out of New England. Safety Jamal Adams. Uh, other safety, Minka, Fitz, Minka Fitzpatrick. It's amazing he was able to be first team uh, at safety Fitzpatrick after being traded from Miami uh, to Pittsburgh uh, earlier in the year. Uh, DBs, uh, again, Marcus Peters being traded from Los Angeles uh, to Baltimore, still make first For team. Jalen Ramsey and made first team. Made first pro. team. Tyron Matthew uh, DB and Marlon Humphrey, all right, the other DB. Th those are two DBs. Out of Baltimore, you know, Humphrey and Peters, man. So, um, congratulations to those guys who was able to come in and, you know, have a hell of a season. And before we get out of here, hey, Bill Polian, look, you're the reason why Lamar Jackson wasn't unanimous first-team quarterback. You're the reason why he wasn't unanimous. I don't know another quarterback who should have been close to getting unanimous votes. So, who did you give him to, Billy? Who did you give him to if Lamar Jackson won unanimous first-team quarterback being selected? I don't know. gave it to Russell Wilson. But he don't deserve – this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. Lamar won like 12, 13. I didn't even know he didn't vote for him. Bill Polian did not vote for Lamar Jackson. Wow. He didn't vote for him. And the media put him out there once again because, you know, he said that, that, that idiotic verbiage about Lamar. Maybe he should go and be a kick returner or a running back or something like that when he was coming out of Louisville. But for you just to – Look, man, this man is hands down. He might be a unanimous MVP, the second one ever this year. He might. He should be. Forget Mike. He should be unanimous MVP. He might not be because Russell Wilson might get a couple votes, but he should be unanimous. And for you to sit there, Bill Polian, somewhere and, and, and not get this guy your vote for uh, AP uh, first team offense, you're nuts, man. That's why ESPN took you off the TV because you're out here spitting this rhetoric and they can't have you on here. They let my dogs Ryan Clark and them boys get more time and getting you offset. Chill out, Bill Polian, bro. I just wanted to holler at you real quick. All right, so Black, it's a celebration for me, man. We have some astounding uh, news come out of the uh, Dallas uh, headquarters. Uh, my owner, Jerry Jones, and, and, and my senior vice, my senior president of operations, um, Stephen Jones. Uh, they came out and they did the absolute right thing, man. And How about them cowboys? Okay. Yes. Okay. You know what? You went to the camera. It called for it. Oh How about God. that Dak Prescott? How about that Zeke? How about yes. that Amari? Yes. <gasps> We've been freed. Jason Garrett has been relieved of all duties of the Dallas Cowboys. He is no longer the head coach of the Cowboys. I've been celebrating all week. I didn't think they was going to do it, Black, but they did it. They got him out of there. It took them long enough, but Jason Garrett has been let freaking go, Black. And I am elated. So, Cowboys Nation, let's sit back, sit tight. Let's see what moves we make. We might get Urban Meyer. We might get Bill Belichick. We might go get a young head coach in Lincoln Riley. We might do, we're going to do something. Something's going to be done where the Cowboys are going to make a major move with all of this talent that we have to get a legitimate season going where we can make a run to really win a championship. And I'm not going to dish Jason Garrett all the way. He won three division titles. He won a couple playoff games. The Cowboys were uh, relevant while he was head coach. But, hey, bye-bye, sayonara.
All right. So let's transition to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who will retain Doug Marone and who will retain general manager uh, Mr. Caldwell. Black, I'm going to shoot this off to you, man. It's not happy for everybody around the league. It's not. Some people are going to be dealing with the same crap. And I am to a certain extent because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hometown guy. But, Black, how do you feel about retaining Monroe and Caldwell going into the 2020 season? Well, me personally, I feel horrible about it. Uh. Because I just feel like we just needed something new, something fresh. Like my man Fred has been saying, we need a young, innovative, offensive mind. Yep. But we're not getting that. Nope. We're getting another one-year rental with Doug Monroe. Monroe. <laughs> And Dave Cardwell. Yes, sir. As Sean Khan said, this is a this is a a, a test drive year <laughs> to see how it goes. Ridiculous. Once again, he said a that. test drive year. Oh man, oh man. Uh, <laughs> I'm really pissed about this. <laughs> but I'm I'm just that fan to think uh, there could be some hope on the other side. Man. It's tough. If no one's seen reports from Adam Schefter over the weekend, basically came out and said that it looks like that Tom Coughlin was the cause of everything that was going on in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. So that kind of brings me to believe with him gone, could things get a little better? Mm. But I'm thinking like, who's going to be the, executive president or who's going to take that role on now that mm -hmm. he's gone. But if he was the problem and for the reason that we stumbled the past two years, uh -huh. can Caldwell and Marone turn this thing around next year? <sighs> turn it around? Could they, could they keep in Dockway here in Jacksonville? Could they have a good draft with him being gone? Two picks in the first round. Two picks in the first round. Uh huh. I'm going to keep a little. I'm going to. I'm going to keep a little crack open in the door to see what happens. I'm not going to shut it all away on this, but I am pissed that they're being retained because I just wanted a fresh start. I, a, some new fresh faces in Jacksonville. Uh, to do some different things, but we have Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell again. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yes. I know a lot of fans, and I've been hearing on the radio on Ten Ten, and my guys Rick Ballou and those guys. There, people have been calling it in, giving it to the Jaguars on the show, Ugh. and they've been giving it to the Jaguars. Why would they retain these guys? Yeah. Um, we're gonna see, man. I just want something. I just want some some old energy back in Jacksonville, man. Like like D said, like. When we was going on our playoff run two years ago, the energy here in Jacksonville was crazy. Yes, it was. I don't know if we can get back there, <sighs> but I'm hoping that something. If if Tom, if Tom Coughlin really was the problem, good that he's gone. Great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great. Now let's see if these two guys that everybody wants gone can put something together here. We shall see. We we and we shall see soon. Yeah, I, 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 you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think going to get from the Jaguars next year? Retain them on Rowan Caldwell. Look at the talent pool. Look at everything you lost. Ramsey, Fowler, 
uh, uh, you're going to lose Ngakwe, who's been pretty much saying he's out of Jacksonville. He's been putting hits on Twitter that he's out. He's gone. He's not resigning here with the Jaguars. You got an older line with Calais Campbell. Like, you don't know what Tevin Smith is going to do. You got a quarterback situation where you got all this money tied up in the Nick Foles. You got some up-and-coming talent on here like DJ Shark, you know, coming out here. He's going to be a stud. Uh, receiving this league, you got some talent. Leonard Fournette, what is he going to do? You know, what you going to do with your offensive line, like, who didn't play that well? Like, a lot of questions here in Jacksonville. So, I think the Jaguars finished, what, 5-11 and 11 this year or 4-12 and 12 or something like that this year? 5-11. So, 5-11. and 11. So, what do they go from here? 8-8. Eight and eight. They go 8-8. Eight and eight. They go 6-10, and 10, win one more game. What's that? That's not going to do nothing for our fan base. Shaq Khan missed the boat. He should have cleaned house. You know how you get the city excited again? You clean house, you get a new regime in here. Even if the new regime comes in, let's say they go 7-9 their first year, we're fine with that. We're working to get better. We're working to get better because the next year we should be in the playoffs. You know, but you, now you coming in, the stadium's not going to be packed next year. People going to have to be sold on Jaguar games to come see them play next year because of Monroe and Caldwell. So, I don't know what Sean Conn's plan is. I give credit to Doug Monroe. Jaguars did get to the AFC Championship game. They did. They got, they got to one. They had a great year that one year, a few years back. But I'm just not positive if he is the guy moving forward. And who's going to come and play here? Who's going to come play here? I'm not really sure. So we're going to keep it locked uh, with the Jaguars. We're going to see how it goes. So we'll get Fred and, you know, the gang in on this. You know, as we move old, move closer to the offseason, because we're going to hear the Jaguars' names, the Jaguars' names in the offseason as well. All right, so that's going to wrap up NFL. A lot to cover NFL today. whole bunch of stuff on the slate for NFL. We're going to transition to the National Basketball Association. So it's time for the NBA, man. Uh, it's real being busy in the league, but you know we're going to start on a sadder note, somber note. Um, a few days ago, uh, early this week, uh, former NBA commissioner, Mister uh, David Stern, he passed away. All right, he passed away um, about three to four weeks ago. I think he suffered a brain hemorrhage. Um, he's been in the he was in the hospital. They was trying to get him back up and going, but. Uh, Mr. Stern, you know, he just didn't make it. But we're not going to rest on, you know, the sadness of his passing. We're going to celebrate him here like everyone else has been as well, especially here on the sports day. So, Black, uh, what did David Stern what, – what do you think of David Stern's impact on basketball, the NBA, just your time of watching basketball? What did you see with the NBA, how the game grew, and, and, and just the atmosphere of the league – that Mr. David Stern was driving that car. He was the one getting the NBA to where they go. What you think about that? Uh, rest in peace, Mr. David Stern. Yes. Um, I think I really believe that uh, Mr. David Stern was one of the better commissioners in sports. Facts. Um, I feel like he 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 got the NBA to the heights that they are now, mm-hmm. with allowing kids to come in straight from high school. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, show their talents, 
and been a no nonsense guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't a lot of times that we say we said uh, David Stern got this wrong. He was he was wrong. No, um, Mr. Stern was uh, a disciplined guy when it came to situations in the NBA. He spoke up for the NBA yep. and spoke up on other things as well in sports. Uh, when whenever he was asked about it, uh, this is a big loss for the NBA community for sports. Period. Yeah, because he's uh, a visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like a lot of guys that are playing that were able to walk up on that stage and shake David Stern's hand, mm-hmm. kind of emotional because you know he was. Mr. Everything to them, yep. you know. That's the guy who gave the. That's the guy who gave them their his, their chance to be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be missed, man. Uh, he's going to miss. He's going to be missed very much. Yeah. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about David Stern, but the little bit that I do know about him being one of the better commissioners in sports, I will always agree with that. But uh, rest in peace, Mr. David Stern. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to read something here from new commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, Adam Silver Adam Silver was under the tutelage of David Stern for about five years once David Stern put in place that he was going to be retiring when he did back in 2014, I believe, is when he retired. And this is what uh, Adam Silver had to say uh, about David Stern. Uh, because of David, the NBA is a truly global brand. Uh, making him not only one of the greatest sports commissioners of all time, but also one of the most influential business leaders of his generation. And uh, that's what I'm going to pick up uh, coming off Mr. Silver. You know, the outpouring uh, affection and love and support for Mr. Stern from Shaquille O'Neal to Kobe Bryant to LeBron James, Michael Jordan, uh, James Harden, Westbrook, Kevin Durant, all these people, Kyrie Irving, that came out and just, you know, expressed, you know, what Stern meant to them. Uh, But for me, David Stern is the reason why the NBA is popular globally. He He introduced the NBA game to the world. You know, when David Stern was commissioner, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, these guys weren't competing in the Olympics. They were taking college kids, high school kids. These kids were going over to the Olympics and getting their brains beat in uh, by these other countries. And David Stern was like, wait a minute, we're we're American basketball. We're the greatest basketball players in the world. Why don't we have our best players going over there doing, uh, doing their thing? And 1992, Barcelona Olympics, he... If he, he, he is responsible of putting together the greatest basketball team ever, the 1992 USA men's basketball team led by the great Michael Jordan, Magic, Bird, Chris Mullen, Scottie Pippen, Patrick Ewing. I mean, just so many names, man. And they went over there and they handled that business. Yes, they did. The dream team. The dream team. Do the David Stern, man. That's how Michael Jordan became the global star that he was. You know, David Stern said, this is our guy. This is our guy. He took the reins off. Something as simple of when you wear your home jerseys, you wear white sneakers. When you wear your away jerseys, you wear black sneakers. Michael Jordan was the first athlete that got this cool shoe. They got this crazy design and switching up these colors, red, black, and white with like the band ones. The NBA was like, no, you can't wear those, man. You got to wear the all black joints or the all white joints. You got to wear these. Why don't you wear the Converse like Bird and Magic? David Stern stepped in and was like, it's fine. He's expressing himself through his tennis shoes. And that was a boom moment. Boom moment for sneaker culture. Like, after Michael Jordan was able to get his shoes off, that's where you saw brands like Reebok and Adidas. These guys start coming out to the woodwork giving these nice, fancy shoes for these guys to cold blade basketball in. David Stern was a reason for that. 
alternate uniforms. David Stern was the reason for alternate uniforms. David Stern was responsible for the helping the WNBA get going. He was responsible for taking NBA talent over to China, over to Africa, getting guys like Dikembe Mutombo and, and uh, Alonzo Mourning and these guys to go over to all these countries and introduce the game of basketball. That's why you got guys like Dirk Nowitzki and Luka Doncic and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker over here in the NBA because David Stern allowed for these guys to, for the door to be open for these guys. So these guys can come over here and play amongst the greatest players in the world. David Stern is the NBA. It's a sad loss, man. But you can tell David Stern did his due diligence, man, with getting uh, Adam Silver in position to just take right over. Adam Silver's doing a great job, a damn a good job, job as yes, the NBA is. commissioner. But it wouldn't be an Adam Silver without David Stern. Right. Guys like Roger Goodell has came out and said, this man is the greatest commissioner of any sport. This is the commissioner of the NFL showing the utmost respect to David Stern, a former NBA uh, commissioner. They say he is the dean of commissioners, no matter what sport. If you got a problem, we always went to David Stern. His mind was just transcendent. He was a visionary, like Black stated earlier. This guy will be truly missed. He formed this game, and he helped form this game. He helped get this game on the forefront where it's globally loved, it's globally you know, received, and... His legacy will live on, man. Without David Stern, the NBA would not be where they are, man. There's so many other things that he was able to do, but those are some of the things that just come off uh, the top of my head. And I'm not an NBA superstar basketball player. I'm never going to get the chance to walk up and shake David Stern's hand. But we watch every draft. How many countless players did we see walk across that stage and shake David Stern's hand? So many. And all these guys had the utmost respect for this man man so we just want to say rest in peace to david stern uh prayers and and, and thoughts out to his uh his family his wife and you know we just you know really hoping that you know uh you know they're able to grieve and and throughout this time you know you know remember the commissioner for the great things that he has done so uh we just want to start there you know showing our love and respect for the great david stern all right so we're going to transition it into of course of course, we're going to transition to the Lakers, the Lakers segment before we talk about anything else. You know what I'm saying? So the Lakers had a great week this week. I haven't played this, this soundbite from LeBron in a little while, but it's appropriate today. Yes, sir. How you yeah. How you feel after that win? I feel great. I don't look that great, but I feel, like I feel good. I feel, I feel spectacular. I feel like getting on this plane and sitting down. What's wrong with you, boy? Let me get some of this. Let me get a PB&J. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Shout out to the Kang. You know what I'm saying? After a winning week. So, Black, let's get into it, man. Los Angeles Lakers went 3-0 this past week. Uh, defeating the Dallas Mavericks last Sunday, 108-95. Taking care of the Phoenix Suns, 107-117. Uh, and taking care of the New Orleans Pelicans, 123-113. Black, undefeated week for the Lakers, 3-0. Still first place in the Western Conference. Second best record in the NBA by one game to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Black, what you think about the Lakers this week? What are you seeing? And you need to get some off your chest. Or are you feeling pretty good? Feeling pretty good this week. Okay. Um, I think I feel like Anthony Davis just doing what he did the other night Jeez. with his forty six piece man. Just Jeez. just put me to rest. Put put me to ease. You know, put me to ease. Jeez. Um, I still have the same concerns though. Uh, okay. I'm concerned defensively. I feel like we could be a better defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I was kind of worried about our point guard position, and I'm hoping that we can address that moving forward mm-hmm. because I feel like we got to get LeBron away from that point guard position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm feeling good this week, man. Um, big wins, man. Big wins. Like D said, uh, beat the Suns, and then, uh, then we beat New Orleans. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, there's not really too much to say. I'm excited. Uh, they showed up and played basketball in these games, and I'm 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 happy that uh that they're putting this back together because I was kind of concerned on that little what four game skid we had. Yeah, but we don't won uh five in a row since. Yeah, we won five in a row since. But uh yeah, I mean I'm excited. Uh, Anthony Davis is playing out of his mind. Monster. Uh, it was <laughs> a monster. This man looked like he went and grabbed the ball from. The, Heaven, the, the rooftops, <laughs> Heaven's gates to to dunk it. But man, he had a forty six <laughs> piece. If nobody remembers, y'all go and revisit that on Instagram or Twitter. I'm pretty sure you can see the highlights. Sure. On there. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited moving forward. Uh, Detroit tonight, yeah, uh, ten o'clock. Yeah. So hopefully we can keep this train rolling. Thanks. Hopefully we can fix some things defensively, like I stated already, and um, continue to continue to rock and roll, man. Uh, heading into you know, the months of uh, finishing this month of January and then getting ready to go into All-Star break ne- next month. Yeah, man. The Lakers had a great week going uh, undefeated, 3-0 and last week, getting back to our winning ways after a four-game skid. Uh, you know, we don't want five straight, man. But uh, a couple of things. Uh, Anthony Davis, it was his week, man. He just asserted himself as being the best big man in basketball. Um, just so talented on the perimeter, uh, inside the paint. Um, he just really just showed that there's no one better. You know, and a lot of teams give Anthony Davis their best shot. And I noticed when the Lakers play, like, guys are keying in on AD because they think they can break him. They think he's soft. They think he's not as strong mentally. And he's proven them wrong, you know, due to the fact, of course, of the environment he's in. He also playing alongside the greatest basketball player to ever play this game, uh, LeBron James. Um, but he's just been showing – he's been showing off, man. He's just been showing off doing his thing. And New Orleans coming into town Friday night, man. You know, you knew B.I., Alonzo, and Hart was going to try to come in and have a good game. And they did. B.I. had 25. Zoe had 27. Hart made a couple of threes to get the Pelicans back uh, in the game in the fourth quarter. But uh, LeBron and AD was like, nah, that's all y'all get. Y'all still going to lose by 10. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get on the body here. But um, LeBron just doing LeBron things. And like you mentioned, I think we do need to make a move. We need to make a move. We need to address, you know, the point guard position. I'm starting to fall out of love with Rondo. I'm starting to fall out of love with him. He's doing a lot of dribbling, dribbling, a lot of talking out there, but he's not making plays. He was when the season first started, but he's not doing that right now. So I don't know what's really going on. It's kind of like he's stalling our offense. So either Rondo needs to pick it up or we need to figure out what we're going to do with him. Um... So we'll see how that goes. But LeBron's just being LeBron. Like, he's taking the scale back, still averaging 24-7-12 and 12 for the season, still leading the league in assists. Like, just really – Second in the league in triple-doubles this year. Yes, sir, in doing his thing. Year, in his 17th year. Doing his thing, man. And people out here, yah, 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 old LeBron, old LeBron, he ain't the same, he ain't scoring, he ain't doing. And I agree. I would like LeBron to score a little bit more, but he's playing point guard. He has the ball a lot. It's his responsibility to get the offense going. So y'all just need to chill. Hold on a minute, player. Yeah, just chill. Just, just chill on LeBron, man. We're going to be just fine. But I want to address something that came out earlier today. Uh, um, a couple of sports uh, pages I've been putting this out there that although the Lakers are not willing to trade Kyle Kuzma, 
they are entertaining, entertaining offers for Kyle Kuzma. Now, I said this last week. When it came out about Kuzma's trainer, that didn't sit well with LeBron. And I'm, I'm about, look, I'm not about any type of negativity around this team. We're trying to win the championship. We don't need any, any motives out here by, by players on this team. And I didn't like how Kyle Kuzma handled it. I get it. The man's a grown man. He can say what he want to say. But I don't like how he, I don't like how he addressed it. And, and it's like, I like Kuzma. I think he's a, 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 is a good player. But let's keep it real. Like, Kuzma is just now starting to find his legs when he's entering the game. Kuzma's had some rough spurts this year. Do I want to trade Kuzma? No, I don't. But if we can get something around him and get some pieces in to help our team, especially at that point guard position, especially to get some more defense, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Because these are the facts with the Lakers. We have three years here. With Anthony Davis and LeBron James, assuming Anthony Davis resigns with the Lakers in the offseason, we have three years here to get three rings. That's all that matters right now. Kyle Kuzma being the Laker 10, 12 years or now, that's, that doesn't matter. We need the best fit possible to win championships. So we're going to monitor that. I think Kuz put a bad taste in some Lakers fans' mouths, probably even LeBron James' uh, mouth. Because I went back and watched that interview with LeBron. LeBron wasn't too pleased. He wasn't too pleased, you know, explaining himself on that. So... We'll really see how that goes, man, with the Lakers. But getting back on a positive note, got the Pistons tonight on Sunday. Try to make it full straight at home. Lakers white tonight. Lakers in their whites tonight. And we'll see how it goes, man. And shout out to Danny Green for coming alive. My word. My God. Just flicking like- that thing. <laughs> <laughs> flicking that thing from that corner. Well, yeah, what? I want to say something on the Kuzma thing, man. Uh-huh. I agree with you, D. Like... We don't need nothing negative going on. Nah, nothing man. at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel the same way about this. Uh, if it, we, if we can get something to help us, yeah, more more in a more than what he's helping us, yeah, man. Then make the trade. Make the uh, trade. Kyle Kuzma, I'm pretty sure is going to be around a long time. For sure. Maybe in the future you can bring him back, but uh, <laughs> if we can find something that can help us right now, and right now, and that can help us win and. Uh, Elevate us to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like you need to make that trade. Um, like you said, it, these these last couple of weeks, with even though we on this we on this winning streak, we back in our winning ways. Um, that shouldn't have happened. No, that shouldn't have happened. No. Um, something has to be done. I'm. I I, I feel like we need to make a move because this is the time. Because it's mm-hmm. almost All Star break. You know, right after All Star. That's is when that's when moves start to be made, mm-hmm. and I feel like the Lakers need to be, you know, uh, doing a lot of looking here yeah. uh, at Rondo, at Kuz, mm-hmm. uh, maybe other few people on that bench that's not getting it done. Mm. But uh, we should see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. So if I'm Kuzma, you know, I'm coming in to practice tomorrow. I am back. What it do, baby? Yeah, yeah, Kuzma, get right, baby. Get right. All right, so we're going to transition into the rest of the NBA. Uh, very entertaining week this week, Black, in, in the NBA. I want to start with the Houston Rockets, man. Uh, I watched most of that game when they played Philadelphia uh, on Friday night. James Harden out here with the corn rolls uh, doing his thing. You know, they 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 put on the show. I think Harden had like 31 at the end of the third. 
or something like that. He was just going berserk. They couldn't stop it inside, outside. And Richardson is a great defender for Philadelphia. He is a young, great defender, but couldn't do nothing with him. Coming off the dribble, step back, pulling up from three. Harden was just having his way, despite Westbrook had a rough game, missing dunks, missing layups. Westbrook was just all over the place. He was too uh, concerned with Embiid, man. Yeah, yeah. That's all that was. The Embiid, hyper. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Embiid with their little beef, I yeah. think that played a part in that too. Yeah. But, you know, despite it all, you know, the Rockets, they came out with the win. And, of course, my pick to go to the NBA Finals, the Philadelphia 76ers, have lost five straight. Have lost five straight. And I'm not understanding what's happening So they happening haven't won yet. since Christmas Day. No, they haven't won since Christmas Day. They've wow. been. It's been a week since they won a game. A little more than a week since they won the game. But I'm just really not understanding what's happening in Philadelphia. And if they don't get their acts together, man, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be a problem, man. But shout out to uh, the Houston Rockets. Uh, they're they're playing really well. I think right now, currently in the Western Conference, they are sitting. They're tied for second. They're tied for the second seed in the West right now, sitting at 24 and 11 uh, with the Denver Nuggets. Um, Black, got a question for you, man. Have you been paying attention to John Morant? Yes, I have. Did you just so happen to see some of the footage last night when they were playing the Los Angeles Clippers, which they put 140 on to win the game? Uh, Yes, I did. Did you see that step back, that major boy fall? Yes, I did. Did you see Lou Williams looking crazy on the floor like, okay, He okayed it. <laughs> he okayed it. Okay, he, like I think he tried to do it real fast so people wouldn't. But he okayed it. Yes, he did. He okayed it. Yeah, it was your teammate, yes, but you okayed did. it. Yes, he did. Yeah. This kid is electric, man. John Morant is electric. And I and I said, man, I'm gonna make it my business to watch more uh of the Grizzlies games. Cause here at the sports desk, we have the links. We don't miss any games if we choose not to. We have them all. All right here at the sports desk. So I'm gonna pay a little bit more attention to John Morant. Uh, just to take a look at his game, man, because all the highlights that I've seen, him almost killing Kevin Love, baptizing him a couple weeks ago, the step back, dropping off your boy uh, Heartless or whatever his name was for the Clippers. I mean, this kid is just electric, man. Just so explosive off the ball, can shoot the jumper, entertaining. This kid is going to be a problem in the NBA for yes, a very, very long time, and he's only played 30 games in his NBA career. And he's playing really, really well, man. You got anything on Morant? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> this kid is this kid is special. Uh, I have him and the kid from Miami up there battling for rookie of the year. Bam. Uh, no, no, not Bam. Uh, the little the little guard. Oh, uh, okay. From uh, Asian guard. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of his name right now. But uh, yeah, man. This the, the the stuff this kid is doing, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care, man. He was giving it to Kawhi. He was giving it to PG. Like, everybody tried to guard this kid, and he still was doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn. He's going he's gonna to be a problem in this league. He's going to be a problem in this league. Facts. I hate that he's in Memphis, but we can see if he'll be one of those type of players to get turn Memphis around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Maybe I would like to something. see that. I would like you to know, see that. I, w- I would, because, you know, Believe it or not, Memphis had a pretty good, decent team with you know Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh Tony it? Allen. Tony Allen. They had a pretty decent team. So Conley. but they get they definitely have their point guard. They have oh, their point guard because yeah. this kid is insane, man. Electric. And, and in college, the thing on him was, well, can he shoot the ball? Well, yeah. he's shooting it. He's shooting it. He's shooting it. He's just not yeah. a high riser dunking all the time, which people it. thought he was in college. He is shooting it too. Playing well. And yeah. And to see him give problems to some of the best defenders in the league. Facts. I mean, switching in and out on this kid and mm-hmm. not even – they not able to do anything with him. 
But that's not only them. He's been giving problems to everybody he's played against. May not been come. It might have not been winning games, but he's a he's a handful. Yeah, for and sure. He's something that's going to be. Ha- he's going. He's going to be someone that has to be talked about moving forward. Facts, facts, man. He's playing really, really well. All right. So uh, let's get into the standings uh, of the NBA. Um, of course, you got the Bucks at thirty-two and five. Oh man, they got a few more games over the Lakers. Uh, thirty-two and five, best record in the league. Got the Celtics still staying packed. Uh, you got that young core, Jalen Brown, uh, Tatum, uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, those guys are playing really well. They don't want three straight sitting at the two seed. You got the Heat uh, still playing well, uh, twenty-five and ten. Raptors. I'm amazed by the Raptors, man. No Siakam and Kyle Lowry just riding the ship, man. Getting the keeping them boys above water. They're currently the fourth seed, 76ers, man. They don't lost five straight, 23 and 14. I just pissed. It just ticks me off every time I see this team. It's like, do they need to make a trade? Do they need to make a move? Do they need to fire their coach? What do they need to do? Because they should not be the fifth seed in the East, bro. They shouldn't be the fifth seed, man. And, and like yeah. I and like I said before, what is Ben Simmons doing? What is he doing? He ain't. He, Did he work on his game? What is it? Two, two for two for five from three points. So he shot five threes this year. Made two of them. So that's what he did. This is horrible. And that's you what just, he did. You just gave him buku butts to do what? Nothing. Hundred milli. Hundred milli. Something's up with this team. They they missing the piece. So we'll see. Uh, you got the Pacers at six. The Nets at seven. Kyrie Irving looked like looked like Kyrie Irving not coming back this year. Like they concerned about the shoulder. They say something went wrong with a cortisone shot in the shoulder. Something went wrong. I don't think nothing went wrong. I know what this is all about. They want to save him, bring him back with KD. They saw where they was going. Brooklyn was not going to be able to win a playoff series. Now, they're they going to they make the playoffs even with the squad they got. Now, they're the seventh seed right now. You know, with no Kyrie Irving, who ain't played in the last month and a half. So, I don't like that. That narrative right now with Kyrie, man, it's real negative. Everything is, is negative about Kyrie right Everything now. Everything is, and man. Maybe, and maybe maybe, it's self-imposed ever, on his part. Ever since he left, left Cleveland, Cleveland, man, it's negative. just been negative. 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 Nothing, nothing good. Nothing, nothing positive. So maybe he going to tank out the season and come back with Durant. I mean, we'll see. All right, then you got the Magic sitting at eighth. All right, so we already covered the Western Conference. Got the Lakers at one twenty-eight and seven, four games back of the best record in the league. The Nuggets and the Rockets twenty-four and eleven, sharing the two spot. The Clippers twenty-six and twelve, sitting at four. Cat uh, Jazz five, Mavs six, Thunder at seven. Shout out to Chris Paul, Shea Gil, Shea Gil, Gil Chris Jr. That kid is nice, man. I, Billy yes. Donovan and his coaching, like. Adams and those boys, I mean, just great job by the Thunder, man. Everybody wrote, ripped the Thunder off. They weren't going to be nothing but 20 and 15, five games over 500, sitting seventh in the Western Conference. That's a damn good job by yes, those guys is. out there. And the Portland Trailblazers at 15 and 21. The AFC. The AFC. The AFC. AFC. The AFC. 15 crazy. and 21. Dame, CJ, crazy. what's up? That's crazy, man. Dame and CJ, what's up? All right, so uh, let's transition to our last part of the NBA. It's all-star voting. It is all-star voting time, man. The first batch has came back uh, in the all-star uh, with the all-star votes. And, you know, the fans, they get a chance to have a little bit of fun. You know, you got guys like Taco Fall and uh, uh, Alex Caruso coming back in the top 15 fan votes. You know, it, it's crazy. Guys like Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, they just piss all over the fans even getting a vote. But mm-hmm. I think it's funny. But I do want to tip my hat to Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. They came back as the number one and two vote getters in the All-Star game right now. 
two global uh, basketball players, not from this country. That's a great sign for the NBA. LeBron, this is the first time LeBron James has not come back number one in a few years, but he's number three. So LeBron is number three in votes right now on the first batch. But Luka and Giannis, I'm happy to see this because that means the game is getting bigger. Like the game is global, man. And for you to have two global basketball players sitting at one and two, especially Luka in his second year, that's phenomenal. So uh, also, they're going to go through the rest of the votes right now in the front court of the West. At one is LeBron, two, Anthony Davis, three, Kawhi Leonard, Four, Paul George, and five is Carl Anthony Towns, all right? The guards, one, Luka Doncic, like I just said, over a million votes. Uh, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, who hasn't played but one game this year. He's number four. And Russell Westbrook uh, rounds out the top five for the guards. In the east, number one, front court, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, shout out Siakam, man. Jimmy Butler, shout out Jimmy Butler. And Jason Tatum, all right? They round up the top five. Jason Tatum may be getting his first all-star bid. He should. Guards, Trey Young is the number one guard right now in the East. Shout out Trey Young, playing phenomenal. Lights out, man. Kyrie Irving at two. Don't see how, but I guess Kyrie got love like that. Kimball Walker at three. Derrick Rose at four. Derrick Rose is at four, man. That's that's big. Shout out to Derrick Rose, yeah. bro, for what he's doing. And number five is Zach Levine. Now, guess who was number six? Ben Simmons. <laughs> so all of these guards from the fans have voted above Ben Simmons. Now, Ben Simmons is going to make the all-star team. He's going to make it. But it just shows you what the fans are thinking. This is what the fans are thinking. So other notable guys, um, Carmelo Anthony got some nods. Brandon Ingram, Alex Caruso, Donovan Mitchell, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Bam Adebayo out of Miami, uh, Andre Drummond, Bradley Beal, Kyle Lowry, Jack Jalen Brown. Those are other guys who got some uh, votes, uh, uh, all-star votes from the fans. All right, so the NBA All-Star Game is February 16th. February 16th is the NBA All-Star Game, man. So uh, the second batch of votes come out in another couple weeks, and uh, you know we'll see. But I think we got a pretty good idea uh, who's going to be the starting five for the East. And the West, but here at the sports so, desk. So they're not going to do that. how they did it last year with the captains. They haven't said it. They, 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 haven't, said they it haven't said what they're going to okay. do this year. I think last year was really fun uh, having the draft and things like that. I think they should do it again. Like yeah, that. that was cool. I, I think like it was that. really fun, man. I think you had two good teams. The game was good. Yeah. And um, you know, we'll see. You know, you know, we'll see. So um, yeah. So that's going to wrap up. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's going to wrap up the national. Basketball Association. We're going to stop by college football really quick, real quick. We want to give our predictions for the national championship game. LSU Tigers, Clemson Tigers, uh, next Monday. So the next time you hear from us, the game will be over. So we're going to get, give our predictions here. Black, let's get right into it. You rolling with the Tigers or you rolling with the Tigers? Who you going to win the national championship, Black? Talk to me. Oh, man, it's going to be an exciting game, man. <sighs> Absolutely. It's going to be exciting. Yep. Um... Mm, man, some a whole lot of bike and forth on this thing, man. Um, I just believe in what I see, and I and I've been seeing a lot from both of these teams, but mm-hmm. um, I really believe in my heart that the Clemson Tigers get this done. Uh! Reason being, it's just something to be said about Mister Dabo Sweeney. It's something to be said about this man and what he's doing. He's turning Clemson into the new Alabama. Mm. And the this guy at quarterback, no, no disrespect to what uh Burrow is doing. He's doing magnificent. 
Fantastic has been winner. He has been winner. <laughs> but this 6'6, 235 kid from the Georgia area, aka we call him Sunshine. Oh, Sunshine. I just believe in it, man. I believe in it. And I believe that Dabo knows he ha- that he can't mess around in this one. I believe he's going to have these kids ready to rock and roll. I believe it's going to be a shootout. <laughs> but I believe Clemson gets the ball last. Okay. <laughs> and I believe Clemson delivers back-to-back national championships that we haven't seen in a long time in college football. Didn't Alabama do it? Uh, no, they did it. The year before Clemson beat them? No, they didn't go back-to-back. They didn't? Uh-uh. Okay. Um, Ohio State won the year before them. Ohio okay. State won the first year. They came back and won. And then um, Clemson won. So, yeah. Um, this would be three out of the last five if Clemson get this done. Three out of the last five. I'm just <laughs> – people might say I'm tripping. It is what it is, man. Um, I think when it comes down to clutch, LSU as good as the SEC is, as people say, and and it's a good conference. Yes. LSU really didn't have a struggle this year. Something they'd be like, oh, you know, the closest game they had was against Florida, and they won that by 14. And then they played Auburn. I think they beat Auburn 21-7 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But they haven't had a game when the pressure was on. And I think Clemson and Dabo Sweeney are going to deliver that pressure. And I think Clemson get this, get this, gets this done. Okay. And I want to say Clemson wins this game uh, in the last drive for okay. a touchdown. So Clemson by seven. Okay. So, yeah, the last back-to-back national champion was Alabama 2011-2012. right before Florida State. Florida State won championship So, it was in the BCS era. BCS era. Okay, okay. They never had a back-to-back in the playoff. They had an opportunity, but they lost. Yeah, okay. So, oh, man, I'm with you. I've been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Burrow, unbelievable season, unbelievable player. Unbelievable talent. Coach O, great coach, great leader. LSU, magical season. Magical. These guys have the greatest run of a team knocking off talent, talented teams, Florida's, your, your Auburn's, your Georgia's, your Texas's. Like, they handle their business, man, and that's why they're undefeated. I believe they're 14-0 coming into this game. But with all that being said, I'm going dabble – and sunshine, oh sunshine, to win the national championship and a big boy shootout, big boy shootout, black. I'm talking about your final score, 45-42, the Clemson Tigers by a field goal. I don't know if it's gonna come down to a last second drive, but it very well might, very well may come down to who has it last. And everybody's talking Burrow. Rightfully so. I'm not, I don't have nothing negative to say about this kid. But I believe people was reminded. They were reminded when they saw Sunshine against Ohio State. They was reminded that old boy, we forgot about the kid who was 18 years old who beat the number one team in the country, Alabama, by almost 40 points and won the championship when he was 18. They forgot about that kid. But guess what? This kid, he ain't forgot. 
he know this is a chance for him to remind everybody. Yeah, we know Burrow good. He the Heisman Trophy winner, rightfully so. But I'm the best. Dabo Sweeney, best coach in college football right now. It's not Nick Saban. It's not Nick Saban. And if he wins this, that'll be three out of four, then we're going to have a talk. <laughs> we're going to have a talk if he does this. And that talk will happen next week if Dabo Sweeney gets his championship. If LSU win, would I be shocked? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I won't even have nothing to say if LSU win. This would be – well, I would have something to say. This could be the greatest season uh, from a team, and this could be the greatest player in college football history in Joe Burrow if he gets this done. It could be. So it's going to be a lot to talk about after this game. But I'm going Clemson Tigers to win the national championship, bomb burner of a game, slobber knocker of a game, a lot of points. It's going to go down. I think we're all going to be on the edge of our seats, edge of our beds, on our phones, on our tablets, in front of wherever we, wherever you may be next Monday night watching this game. I think this will be a treat for the college football world, and this might be one of the games that's talked about forever. At least I hope it is because we know how it goes when we get to these championship games. Boys be getting blowed out, bro. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but you want to know something, man? I was sitting here thinking, I feel like this is going to be the perfect game for Travis Ntien. Mm-hmm. He's from New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Clemson's going into hostile territory because this basically is going to be a home, home game, game for, for, the, yep. for LSU. Yep. I could just see Travis Etienne taking over this game. He very well could. <clears throat> because well I think could. his plays are going to be very limited through the air because LSU has a very good secondary. Uh, yeah. Maybe one of the best in college football. Very athletic. And <clears throat> Travis Etienne could be the perfect answer for all that. Because I don't believe LSU is going to load the box. I don't think they're going to do that. No, no, they're not. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they are. <laughs> and the way this guy can catch the ball out the backfield. Yes, sir. We seen it against Ohio State. State. Yes, sir. I feel like that could be Achilles heel for LSU. Like we said, mm-hmm. like I said, when I was giving my take on this game, LSU just has not been in any pressure this year. Mm-hmm. Clemson is that team that can put you in pressure, pressure, pressure moments. Yeah. And we're really going to see how good the Heisman Trophy winner is, which we know he's good. He's, he's great. awesome. He's great. But what pressure has he had this year? We haven't seen him in the game where he's had to rally the troops down 10 exactly. or down a touchdown. Exactly. Or, even, or even the last drive to go and win a football game. No, we haven't seen it. We and haven't. like you said, D, we could be wrong. They may come out here and – I don't uh, – They might. They could come out here and just do what they've been doing all year. They might. They could. They might. But it's just hard for me to believe. I, I don't ha- believe it either. I would have to see it to believe it. That's the only against way. That, against a Clemson team that we've been seeing <laughs> for the last two or three years. Yeah, 29 straight wins or something crazy like that. Defend the champion. I think Travis Etienne is the difference in this game for the Clemson Tigers. I agree. I agree. He's a big, big part. I just think it's going to be exciting. And I got chill bumps talking about it. Like, right now, I got chill bumps on my arm. Like, ready for this game. I think the world is ready for this game. This is one of the games where I think the sports world stops. Do you think we got the two best teams in the country? I do. In this game? I do. I do. I do. These have been the two best teams all year, in my opinion. I hear what we're saying about Ohio State. I get it. But for me, to be the man, woo! 
you got to beat the man. Yes, and the do. man is in this game. The reigning defending champion is in this game against the on-fire upstart LSU team who's been crucifying everybody, Heisman Trophy winner, coach of the year, all that. They got all the accolades, but they don't have one accolade, and that's a national champion. They got to <laughs> beat the champion to get that right. Yeah, they so do. we're going to see what happens. All right, man, so we're going to be keeping it locked here to the sports desk. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. All right, so we're going to move really fast, really fast. We're going to go into the WWE for a quick second. We have some a little bit of news to, to d- discuss there. We're really glad that you're our friend. And this is a friendship that'll never, ever end. So this week in the WWE, it was an entertaining week in the WWE. We're going to start, of course, with The Fiend, give our Fiend update. Um, He returned uh, to Friday Night SmackDown. The rivalry with Daniel Bryan is picking up steam. So we've seen The Fiend in person on SmackDown. Him and Daniel Bryan had a quick confrontation, which The Fiend came out on top. Uh, threw him around like just embarrassed Daniel Bryan. Slung him around, threw him through a table. Mandible Claw just just going nuts, man. And I love when they put that camera in the fiend's face, man. You can see that mask and them eyes, man. And he got his tongue out while they give him the Mandible Claw, man. Just like real deranged type look, man. So that was really dope, man. So that rivalry is picking up steam with the Royal Rumble. Uh, about three weeks away, all right. But. Let's stick with SmackDown. SmackDown was all about returns this Friday night. We had the return of Sheamus. We had the return of John Morrison. Uh, We had the return of the Usos. The Usos came back uh, this week. Just a fun episode of SmackDown. Me and my little son was watching it. Um, He was entertained. He's starting to get the wrestling bug a little bit. So he's entertained, man. He liked the Usos when they came out to help out Roman Reigns, man. So... A great SmackDown. Uh, I was entertained, man. I'm glad to see all of those uh, figures back uh, with SmackDown. I know you're a fan of the Usos, oh, Black. So what you think big, about them being I'm back? A, I'm a big fan, man. I was excited. And I'm happy I was able. I didn't see a lot of SmackDown, but I was able to catch that. Right. I was happy. I was. I was happy. I was able to catch that. And yeah. even, even, uh, even my son uh, said something about. He was like, "You see the Usos back? You know, that's <laughs> one of his favorite uh, right. tag teams as well." Right. But man. Uh, in a moment like that, you know, just, you know, the bloodlines coming together, it was good to see mm-hmm. that with uh, with the Usos and Roman Reigns being cousins, yep. you know, first cousins. Yep. So it was it was also good to see that as well. Yep. And then um, my guy Sheamus. I've been missing Sheamus. He's back. He's yeah. He uh, went on record saying that that SmackDown's got uh, a, a little soft yeah. since he's been gone. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to see what Sheamus can do. I always like Sheamus and what they did with Sheamus. Yep. He kind of dried up a little bit, yeah. but hopefully him coming back and they can do something. Maybe he can go on a run. We'll, we shall see. Yeah, I think he'll get back in the mix. I'm glad to see Sheamus back as well. And then, of course, the return of John Morrison. For y'all, for all who don't know who John Morrison is, him and The Miz uh, were a great tag team at one point on the WWE. And then Morrison went on to TNA and IGPWA, Japan Wrestling, and he's finally back. So right away, he reconnected with The Miz, and it looks like the men snapped on Kofi Kingston after losing in the match and just attacked Kofi out of nowhere. 
And uh, Big E tried to get in there and save Kofi, but Miz got out of there. And then John Morrison returns in the Miz's locker room. So I see what they're doing. It's going to be Morrison and the Miz reconnecting as a tag team. And it looks like they're going to have a little feud with the New Day for the tag team titles, which I would like to see. Which, I think that'd be that'd pretty be good. good. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I think that'd be pretty yeah. good. That'd be pretty good. All right. So, uh, yeah, SmackDown was great. Now we're going to transition back to the boring uh, Raw, uh, WWE Raw. But at first, we have a little, you know, a little, little, little news. Uh, my boy Andrade. My boy Andrade proposed to uh, Charlotte Flair. All right. So him and Charlotte Flair. Uh, we'll be getting married soon. So congratulations to Charlotte and Andrade, uh, <laughs> the United States champion, Andrade. All right. I like Andrade, man. I like saying Andrade. All right. So, um, and also, uh, the Lana Rusev, Bobby Lashley joint has turned pathetic. This, this young lady came out confessing her love to Lana. So now they're using the lesbian storyline with Lana and this chick. And Bobby Lashley and, and Rusev has teamed up with the chick that loves Lana. Just a freaking mess on Monday Night Raw. Bobby Lashley out here with this cut-off suit with the look. Like, come on, man. Like, like what that we doing? had to be the worst segment ever. Worst segment I've ever seen in my life. In wrestling history. And we've seen a lot of wrestling. We have. A bunch. That had to be up there with some of the worst ones we have seen. Horrific. I mean, it was just awful bringing in the pe- uh, the extra people on the wedding. Like, it was. I don't was know terrible. what's going on with Raw, man. It's horrible, man. They don't really have any bright spots, bro. Like, they don't. So now the Seth Rollins and the AOP authors of Pain storyline has picked up. Had the return of one of my favorite guys, Samoa Joe. He is back. I love Joe. He a bully. A gangster in the ring. He just like to beat people up, as he says. So him and Kevin Owens have gotten together and uh, teaming up um, to take on Seth Rollins and the AOP. And I think they're going to get uh, Rey Mysterio involved. So that storyline could pick up and get a little fun. Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins in the Authors of Pain. So we'll monitor that. It's kind of picking up a little steam. And then other than that, you know, we'll see what they're going to do with Becky Lynch and Oscar, you know, with this this match. Now, one thing in particular, Becky Lynch's contract is almost up with the WWE in real life. She has not resigned. She has not taken the deal that the WWE has given. Wow. A lot of rumors, a lot of rumors are starting to surface. Will Becky Lynch go to AEW? Will she leave the WWE to take a handsome contract? She is being heavily recruited by Jim Ross, Dean Ambrose, and Chris Jericho from AEW. So her contract is almost up in the WWE. So this is real. This is not a storyline. Now, Becky came out and said this on Raw last week that her contract is almost up. So this is not a storyline. This is real. This is real. So we're going to be monitoring that storyline because they're saying Becky is frustrated with her storyline. She's frustrated, you know, with things, the way things are going. She wants to bring some of that younger talent from NXT, which they have some great young talent NXT. She wants to get them in to the big league to kind of mix it up. She's tired of facing Charlotte Flair. She's tired of facing Bailey and these same old, same old people. So we'll see what the WWE do. Now, Vince McMahon, Triple H, they're smart. Becky Lynch is a top five uh, character in this business right now. You can't let her walk. It's not even an option. But if you play around like you did Dean Ambrose, you might lose her. So we'll see. We're going to be I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's it's something to monitor. It's something to monitor. 
okay? So just to tease you, uh, everyone, next week, we're going to have a breakdown next week of the two biggest fashions, the biggest, the biggest stables, the biggest groups ever. We're going to debate who is the best, the NWO or D-Generation X. Next week, we are going to dedicate a segment because my man Brandon Richardson, shout out to Be Rich, he want to know who do we think, and he wants facts, he wants reasons, he wants the ungod, the godly truth, who is the best faction, the NWO or D-Generation X, and we're going to cover that next week. On the sports list. So, Black, we got to do our homework. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. And get one. these facts that's next gonna week. That's going to be a good one. All right, man. So, we getting ready to wrap up the show. Uh, we got some. Uh, we're going to get back into high school basketball next week. All right. Uh, everything's picking up uh, with the kids getting back in school this week. So, we're going to pick up high school basketball. But before we get out of here, of course, we got some other news and some information that we're going to get out of here. To everybody. Shout out to you. Okay, so. Shout out to Vince Carter. Shout out to Vince Carter. He is the first player to play in four decades. That's remarkable. Remarkable, man. Shout out to Vince Carter, man. Four decades. The only player ever to do that, man. That is amazing. Shout out to Vince Carter. Shout out to Vince Carter, man. A legend, man. Straight up. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Jordan Brand parted ways. Now, Jimmy Butler is the biggest shoe-free agent out there right now. Jimmy Butler didn't feel like the direction was going his way with the dishes of Zion and Luka Doncic. He wanted to get out here and test the market. So you got Puma, Nike, uh, Adidas, uh, Wade Wade trying to grab Jimmy Butler to see if uh, they can sign him, man. So Jimmy Butler's free agent. Andre Drummond is on the move. The Pistons say they will be trading him. He's due to make $28.5 million next year. They want to get that contract off the books. Right now, right now, they say the Atlanta Hawks are the leading team to grab him. To grab him, yeah. all right. Um, Kevin Love has had enough of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The outburst that he showed last night was ridiculous. Yes, it was. Throwing the ball to Sexton like he did, yelling at the GM. I've never seen Kevin Love like this. I've yeah. never seen him. Say he, say he told the GM, "You can find me. I got money. I got plenty of money." Oh, from man. Kevin Love, man, and. It's, He's crazy he's, he now. He need a change, man. Yeah. He need a change. He's ready to go. Yeah. You know, he was brought in to help out LeBron and, and, and everything, and LeBron and all them left. They all left, man. And he's just there. Now, he's being paid now. He's being paid, but he's ready to go. All right? Um, and we had two studs to clear for the NFL draft. Chase Young, outstanding defensive lineman from the Ohio State University, declared for the NFL draft. And then... Number one receiver on many people's boards, stud wide receiver out of the University of Alabama, Jerry Judy, has declared for the NFL draft. Both of these players are projected to go in the top five, in the top five of this year's NFL draft. And also, the Washington Redskins named their new head coach, Ron Rivera. All right, is the new head coach of the Washington Redskins. Uh, good hire for the Redskins, uh, Riverboat Ron. Uh, he's a good leader, good coach, did some good things to Carolina, so... Carolina Panthers. And Jack Del Rio as the defensive coordinator as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jack Del Rio on Riverboat Run. Um, they might do some things in Washington, so we'll see. Um, other than that, that's pretty much all our other news, man. Um, great week. Shout out to Yay, man. You can get that right now on iTunes, man. All right. Black is vibing. All right, so um, that pretty much wraps up today's show, man. Uh, episode 37 of the Sports Desk. We covered a lot here. Um, we, as always, you know, we're very grateful, very thankful for all you guys' support, listening to us, 
uh, giving us feedback, interacting with us on our uh, social medias. We really, really appreciate it, man. Uh, we're going to be taking this thing to the next level in 2020, uh, but we don't, we can't do it, you know, without your guys' support. So we really, really appreciate that. So uh, once again, I'm your man, Deja L. Hicks Jr., uh, one of your favorite sportsologists, man. And this is your man, Black, one of your favorite sportsologists. Yes, sir. You can catch me at Deja Hicks Jr. on Twitter and Instagram. You can communicate with us at the Reduced Lunch Sports page on IG as well. Hit us up, man. And you can catch me on uh, Twitter and Instagram, same handle, Black ENL3. Want to give a special shout out to my baby boy who will be turning <laughs> one years old on tomorrow. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, baby boy. Daddy loves you, yes, Easton. Sir. Happy birthday. Shout out, young Easton, man. Shout out, young Easton. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, we'll be back next week for a, a new episode. Y'all make sure y'all catch those playoff games, uh, NBA games, all the big news and everything that comes out, man. Y'all stay locked in because we're going to be covering it right here uh, on the sports desk. And, of course, man, before we get out of here, man, we got to let y'all know, you know, exactly what y'all have been listening to. I'm pretty sure you already know, but hey. It's your this lunch sports. <laughs> It's reduce lunch sports. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. Shout out. Shout out to my man. You know, young Kyrie, you know, Shout out man. to my godson. Going down the vocals, man. <laughs> man, some good football today, black man. Yeah, it was, man. Some Great good, football. Some good football today. Good it's gonna get real today. sticky next weekend, though. Real sticky. Yes, it is, sir.